0: It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy, Alex, and Jason, they're all here. We'll talk about the class action suit about privacy with Apple. Gizmodo had a very revealing story. Is Apple taking app privacy seriously for its own apps? Were green bubbles designed to look gross? And speaking of gross, it's Steve Jobs' Birkenstocks. All that and more coming up next on MacBreak Weekly. Podcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This, this is Twit. This is MacBreak Weekly, episode 844. Recorded Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. The oscilloscope of Sauron. This episode of Mac Break Weekly is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Join a community of IT learners who access fifty eight hundred hours plus of IT skills and training courses and interact with each other and subject matter experts to better themselves, their organizations, and their careers. Get 30% off when you sign up at ITpro.tv slash MacBreak and use the code MAC Break30 at checkout. And by Policy Genius. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you find the financial safety net your loved ones deserve. Head to policygenius.com/macbreak to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And by Adegy, the only Apple device management platform that combines MDM with live agent capabilities to manage and secure your Apple ecosystem, regardless of your expertise visit adagy.com slash twit for a free 14-day trial to see how adagy helps you manage your apple devices in real time because it problems can't wait it's time for mac break weekly the show we cover the latest news from apple jason is here mr snell from sixcolors.com. hello jason
2: hello leo it's good to hear your voice and be on mac break weekly again (laughs) Another week is in the can. No, wait. We'll, we, we we'll say that. we pretend we
0: haven't been trying to get this to work for half an hour. How about that? <laughs> nope. Pretend? We are fresh and ready to go and fresh fully warmed as a up. daisy. No one mm-hmm. is frustrated. No one. Nope. Also, uh, Andy Anako from WGBH Boston.
1: Yes, we're we're just like uh, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people in two weeks' time who bought an instant pot on an Amazon sale and are now looking at this thing and saying, "How the hell do I make this work?" And why did I choose to have this?
0: (laughs) It's kind of like that. Sure, (laughs) sure, it's just like that. Alex Lindsay, Mister Alex Lindsay from Office Hours Global. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Good to have you all. Big story of the week. Uh, started with Gizmodo. Gizmodo uh, last week quoting uh, some researchers at a company called Misk, not Myth, Misk, M Y S K. They found that the Apple App Store sends Apple exhaustive information about nearly everything a user does in the app, even if you have disabled sharing of device analytics altogether. In the privacy setting, iPhone analytics. Furthermore, so does Apple Music, Apple TV, books, and stocks. But for some reason, some other Apple apps do not. Um, now, as a result, on Thursday, uh, a uh, class action was filed uh, in a federal court in California saying they violated the California invasion of privacy act um in the lawsuit the plaintiff said apple's privacy guarantees are completely illusory now i'm gonna say maybe apple made a mistake we have we heard from apple jason has apple responded to this in any way i believe
2: so i don't think they have said a word um weird
0: health and wallet did not collect analytics which you kind of would expect for privacy, which kind of implies to me that Apple did do this on purpose. Apple Music, Apple TV, Books, the iTunes Store, Stocks even. Stocks shared your list. Well, but wait a minute. Now, when I read this, I'm thinking, but isn't that part of the functionality? Stocks shares your list of watch stocks, the names of stocks you viewed or searched for, the timestamps of when you did it, as well as a record of any news articles you saw in the app. But since the app is saving all that information, to the servers, so that you can have the same information on your other Apple devices. Maybe that's just part of the functionality. What do you think, Andy? Yeah. That's well. That's the
1: difficulty when you try when you paint yourself as a privacy absolutist. When you paint yourself as being the only people who really care about this in this cold-hearted industry, even when you do something that might be quite. We don't know yet, but it might be quite innocent. It might be just as you say, we are, we are retaining this information so that we can give you a better experience as you keep using the app. Uh, but the thing is, you said that you weren't you, you, you gave us the impression that you're not collecting any information. You're not saving any information. You now we have to ask, are you creating a profile of us and are you collecting information for your own benefit? You're just not willing to sell advertising based on that stuff yet. You're just using it to help sell Apple products and Apple services. So uh, there's a, Apple. Apple needs to come up with a statement about this. We need to find out what they're doing. As you say, it's still early days. It's possible that this was uh, even big companies do make mistakes. I do believe Apple's sincerity when it comes to privacy. But this is this this would be like almost a a non story on every other company with Apple. It's like, oh, dude, but you promised us and you promised us and you promised us You totally
0: expect this on an Android phone. That's not that wouldn't be a shock at all. Uh, the App Store, it's, and this, I'm, I think it also, because it comes on the heels of Apple adding advertising to the App Store, has raised even more kind of concern about this. According to MISC, the App Store appeared to harvest information about everything you did in real time, including what you tapped on, sent back to the server, which apps you searched for, sent back to the server, which ads you saw, of course, they'd need to keep track of that, how long you looked at a given app and how you find it. But it also sent information about your device, ID numbers, the kind of phone you're using, your screen resolution, your keyboard languages, how you're connected to the Internet. Again, all of these things, browsers send back some of this information because that's part of rendering a finger page. Printing. Yeah. yeah, and then, and Well, that, that, also that is a fingerprinting.
1: Right. Right. Because it means that even if you even if you're doing something to say, hey, specifically, do not use these tracking tags. I'm specifically also using uh, plugins that make sure that you can't transmit through information. Fingerprinting of here is the combination of apps that are installed on the device, configure screen size and other things like that. It can basically figure out who you are based on that. Again, common stuff that we're sort of resigned to on other platforms. But we're not we're just not we're just not we just don't have our defenses up when it comes to Apple.
2: Look, I mean, th- there's there's a lot going on here. I mean, obviously, uh, some of this stuff is a bit much, right? This is obviously a coordinated effort by these the uh, the researchers and the guy who's filing the lawsuit and Gizmodo. There is truth here, and there's also kind of like a narrative going on here. Apple knows all sorts of things about you. It's the platform owner. You're probably logged in with an Apple ID. You can only buy software from them. So they know an awful lot about you. Also, a lot of the stuff that got breathlessly described here, this is app analytics. Right. The, the, yeah. every app has the ability to say what button you press and they use that information or they throw it away. The problem is not just Apple's reputation, but that they have an option for you to opt out of collecting uh sort of like the telemetry data in Apple's apps. And it isn't being honored here. Oh. And I think that is the killer right now. And I have, <laughs> I don't think this is a conspiracy. I i think one of two things happened here. One is it's a bug and maybe they don't care, but it's a bug where they where somebody maybe somebody realized maybe didn't, but that that switch doesn't work. Or two, it's something that's sort of lazy, and and this technology is it's transmitting regardless of that switch. And then maybe they even throw it away, right. but it's transmitting it. In which case, they need to not do that. Right? Yeah. That's not well, a and, good idea. And and
3: I think that I think that it, what the what we're what we're allowed to. Check and say we don't want to do is take that data and give it to a third party, you know, or track us around. Right. I think that 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 if you're on Facebook or or TikTok, they can still collect all of those that all that information for themselves, you know, um, still within the platform.
0: So I don't think yeah, that first that, that party. We've always talked about this. i will say first It's, party still it's worth clarifying first party information, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Apple, Google, not you know, Facebook isn't isn't selling information about Alex Lindsay to the, to anybody who wants to know that's, that's in fact, that's their, you know, one of the most valuable things they have. They sell aggregate information advertisers. They say, well, you want, you know, users in the uh, Marin County between the age of 25 and 55, then you would fall in that pile, but they don't say here's, let me tell you all about Alex Lindsay. Um, but they may know it because that's first party information. The thing is, Apple has a switch and Misk said, Opting out or switching the personalization options off did not reduce the amount of detail analytics the app was sending. Again, he doesn't know what Apple's saving, but the app is sending. He switched all possible options off personalized ads, personalized recommendations, sharing usage data, and analytics Uh, were all switched off.
2: Yeah. It is really important to – that is – Tangentials of those a little bit but i think it is super important which is when apple talks about how tracking is bad they absolutely do mean third, other people third party yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because they're the platform owner and they track you they absolutely do they they your app store purchases are tracked by them they know everything about you and they can use that information what they will say is yes but we don't share it with anybody people can people can maybe uh And ask us to target you, but we're not going to tell them who you are. We can, we keep that information to ourselves. We anonymize it in certain ways. They make all those claims, but you know, it's not that, it's not that Apple doesn't know about you. It's, it's what Apple does with it. And in this case, again, like, is there any scenario where Apple leaks this sort of information and then uses it nefariously while it's saying that it's got a setting and that it's not? I just can't see it. This is so damaging to their. To their entire premise, if it's not just <laughs> a bug or somebody not, you know, like a bug or or somebody who, like I said, is lazy and is like, well, if we don't use the information that's transmitted to us and we throw it away, then that's we're- just as good. And I would argue, no, it's not. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and by the way, there's somewhat evidence that they don't that they were collecting it and they weren't throwing it away. For instance, with the stocks app, the information was sent to stocks dash analytics dash events apple dot com slash analytics events v two slash async sure. <laughs> that transmission was separate from the iCloud communication necessary to sync your data across devices well, so, and,
2: right but in, it's app analytics wonder, that you could opt out of and and if the switch doesn't work then yeah. or doesn't work in certain apps isn't honored in certain apps well, then you would get that you would get the app analytics being sent back. It doesn't really change the fact it could that be a bug. they have a switch and the switch isn't working, well, and, and that's a that's a huge mistake. Apple did, this came out a week ago. Apple has not
0: responded is also problematic. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, think, I
2: think it suggests something organizationally about how they were completely caught Unawares of this, and are are like, why is this happening? Right. Uh, I I don't yeah. want to be that person who gets woken up in the middle of the night <laughs> about this thing because <laughs> it's like I, mean, I think they're trying to get to the, for them to have get no to answer yeah. for them to have yeah. no yeah. answer <laughs> strikes me as being we need to get to the bottom of it and we don't even understand what's happening here.
3: Right. And it could be, it could be a cloud service issue, you know, where you're trying to make sure that all these devices are gotten together. It seems like it's way more data than you need to do that, but it could be something of how to keep on improving that. But it might be a shortcut that someone took to say, well, we'll take all this data. It makes it easier for us to make the the experience more fluid, but didn't really talk to everybody involved at Apple. Like That's my guess of why we didn't hear anything is because there's someone, someone from probably pretty high up went, what the you know and the <laughs> and, and, you know and and, uh, and and so everyone's like whoo you know and everyone's trying to keep their job now so so um i have a feeling that that it probably the fact that apple didn't respond and you know they would have explained it in a day or two if they could yeah. so i think that there's i think someone I might agree. have gone i wouldn't say rogue i would say they just thought that this would be the easiest way to pr- produce something and they didn't really think it all the way
0: through the uh b- by the way you may be saying well how could they even know what they're sending and and this maybe this methodology is problematic as well. They had to jailbreak an iPhone running iOS fourteen point six because that traffic is is encrypted. Uh, Apple at least protects your privacy to that degree. It's encrypted as it's going to the Apple servers. So they had to jailbreak it so they could decrypt the traffic. Then they tried the same thing on iOS sixteen. That traffic is now encrypted, not jailbroken. But they said it was it was the data was transmitted at the same time. Under the same circumstances, turning switches off and on didn't make any difference. They couldn't say what was being sent because they couldn't see it. So it's conceivable that the jailbreak or maybe it was broken in iOS 14 and it's fixed in 16. That we could be, we don't know. That's a methodology gap. Yeah.
1: And, and, but it also points out that this is this is the problem of lockdown systems proprietary systems there needs to be some way for outside parties to audit what's happening on the device otherwise you really just have the the makers' word for it or the, and their PR for it uh, and we, we need to have analysts have a, the ability to take a look at all the unencrypted traffic that comes off the phone now not necessarily voluntarily with help from Apple but without these tools we would not find out that hey it turns out that Apple is collecting information about this about a certain App uh, because it wants to build uh, again one possibility they're they're trying to build a new VR uh, VR strategy and they're trying to figure out how people interact with data on a granular level so that they can they can articulate that in a 3D space in a much better way but. In a way in which they don't, the user doesn't know that this data is being collected or disseminated. So this is why I mean, jail, uh, uh, jailbreaking not only discovers new vulnerabilities in a phone that bad people can exploit, but it also allows to,
0: the some light to be shined into that black
1: box that I think everybody needs to have.
0: Apple, uh, as we've mentioned before, has a unique definition for tracking uh, <laughs> uh, in their in their in their privacy I policy. I did not track that woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, in their uh, in their privacy policy, they say Apple's advertising platform does not track you, meaning it does not link user or device data collected from our apps with user or device data collected from third parties for targeted advertising or advertising measurement purposes, and does not share user or device data with data brokers. So, yes, no, we track you, but <laughs> we we don't we don't no. correlate it with mm-hmm. data from other other third parties nor do we sell it to third parties but yeah. that but so their definition of track is not i mean what, yeah. they're tracking and, and and as and as jason
1: says a lot of this is really benign U- using examples with google they often do ab testing without people knowing it that right. what if we move this G- what if we move this gmail button from here to here will people engage with it more thoughtfully and more more directly so a lot of this is actually pro user but it really is all about openness with the user to make sure that they know exactly what's happening on this device that they've spent a thousand dollars for
0: should also point out that misc did the same tests with google chrome and microsoft edge and in both cases when you turn analytics settings off they're off and no data is sent. <laughs> oh,
1: that's... Ooh, oh, dear.
0: That's bad PR. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: ouch!
2: So, and, uh, that, and that kind of thing is why we haven't heard from Apple, because I get the sense we're <laughs> what we're going to get from them is one of these, all right, we need to give you full disclosure about what yep. went on here and why it went on and why it was a mistake. Like, they can't just say... They can't just say, no, 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 it's a bug that's been there for two years that we haven't fixed. They actually, at this point, this is, seems to have reached the level where they're going to need to do the full mea culpa of like, yeah. we didn't intend to do this. Here's why it happened. Here's the subsystem affected. And here's our plan about how we're going to fix it. And that and, takes more time because, yeah, it, it, it's gone beyond the the very simple like, eh, it's nothing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and and here's the and here's the hundred million dollars to the to the folks that, uh, that uh,
0: that that we're lucky enough to file this
3: <laughs> lawsuit, and all of you are going to get ten cents. <laughs> yeah. Know, so,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Google just paid almost half a billion dollars, <laughs> right, in, in uh, you know fines to uh, states for privacy violations. It's, well,
3: and, and I think we're going to continue to see this. I mean, I think that people have uh, have become increasingly sensitive to it, and with the law, GDPR and with the California laws, I think you're going to see more and more of of you know, for a lot of the larger corporations that I work with, no one wants to touch PII. But <laughs> they're just like, you know, they're, they're just like, whoa, let's not let's not do that because they, they just see it as a liability. And I think we're going to see more and more uh, organizations think of uh, people's personal information as a as a liability as as opposed to a resource.
0: It was very yeah. similar. It, Google uh, said that, you know, they have a switch turn off location tracking uh, and 40 states sued saying, hey, when you turn off location tracking, it doesn't turn it off. Google settled on Monday for three hundred ninety two million dollars so that you know that's also showing you the stakes here you know this is this is a big deal and that's just for one thing turning off location data
2: right and california has some very strong personal information laws now that it didn't have before and so that lawsuit being filed in california that is a knowledgeable person who is going to be able to take advantage of california's laws about this um whether it goes anywhere i mean It's a lawsuit, right? Like, who knows about that? But I think the bigger issue here is, why is this happening? And, like, if I turn that off... Uh, I want it off. And on top of that, just, I think what we're doing right now, the big picture is you got to educate people like even no tracking is, you know, no tracking doesn't necessarily mean no tracking, uh, commitment to no third party tracking doesn't mean that it's not a commitment to, you know, first party tracking. Like everybody needs to be more aware of that information that's out there. And we're all gradually becoming aware of it so.
0: Yeah. And, but along with the awareness comes a tetchiness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. and a willingness yep. to take it to court the it's a, the google situation is almost exactly analogous it was in 2018 associated press reported that google tracked users even when they opted out lawsuits from 40 states now here we are four years later google's paying four hundred, three hundred ninety-two million dollars yeah. uh i think apple's probably in a very similar boat at this point Yeah.
1: And even if even if it is is true, what Alex says, that everyone at best, maybe you'll get like an 18 cent credit for the iTunes store (laughs) on on certain on certain select music titles. But nonetheless, A, that is a big check that any company has to write and B, that puts uh, that puts another black mark on their uh, on their reputation and also brings them to the attention of uh, companies like the FTC, which can start saying, guess what? You're going to negotiate with us on a consent decree that you're going to have to prove to us now that when you say what you say about privacy and the efficacy of your products, you can actually deliver on. And if you violate this consent decree, we can basically put a Facebook hammer on you that you are not going to like one tiny
3: bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that I, 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 I didn't mean to belittle that too. We're all going to get ten cents. No, no, I, no, I did think. I've that understood. Tort tort laws are very important. They're probably they probably have made as much of a difference as regular laws. You know, tort you know tort cases because they they go into a civil area where there's different sets of rules and it allows people to uh, create pain for something that you know real a real need to change for companies. And so I I definitely. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think it's it serves a very good it's it serves a very good use. I just wanted to manage everybody's expectations that none of us oh absolutely, absolutely. retire on it. But yeah. but I do think that 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 uh the tort action is really important.
0: My well, and a, a class
3: tort, action. Tort, could my be... father's
0: a tort lawyer. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, so, so I, so, like I, I there's some money I know why in that. Useful.
0: Yeah, but then yeah. also this is this could be a this is a class action, but it could be a prelude to an action by the states or the yeah. or the feds or the FTC. So maybe. But I, mean, my, my, I don't, my guess is that itself, what. It,
2: but, My guess is that ultimately this is going to be revealed that there is an API call that apps do or that that switch sets that fell out. Uh, But I do think and it's happening on the device, obviously, because it's transmitting that information. But I do think one of the challenges here for Apple is going to be probably they assume that if the metrics data comes back, it's. Uh, it's uh, opted it's okay. into, yeah, and so they've probably been using it, right? I doubt they've been throwing it away, thinking that it was invalid, and that it, I think that leads down a kind of unpleasant path for them because they're going to have data, and are they going to have to wipe data or uh, yeah. you know go back and try to retroactively? I mean, I don't know. It's it's a mess, and like uh, somebody in the Discord, I think, said, I or in the in the IRC said, um, I hate to be the person at Apple that missed this. I mean, like, yeah, somebody. I don't know if somebody knew about it, but I would I would almost bet that there is a bug in Apple's radar system that says this isn't being honored. That's been not prioritized. So somebody's going to be in trouble if they're. I mean, somebody's already in trouble. Clearly, very clearly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. Does Does Apple have a formal like com- uh, chief compliance officer? I know that uh, oh, many yeah. other companies... Uh, Twitter, okay, Do you,
2: I'm, I'm looking at I Apple I guarantee
0: you they have one because of GDPR alone. Yeah. And yeah. now the California Privacy yeah, his Act. Yeah, name,
2: his name is Kyle Andier, uh, and he uh, was uh, vice president of products and regulatory law at Apple Legal. <laughs> uh, so he's in the legal group, and he is a compliance officer. And yeah, you would think, I mean, look, any big company like Apple that has this commitment to privacy, like they need to have... I mean, they really need to have a team that is... That is basically looking at all of this and investigating it, and almost uh, doing forensics on it to make sure that they're staying in compliance. Because otherwise, there's just going to be drift, right? Yeah. It's an organization it's so huge, it's going to drift, and you almost need a, an adversarial team to make sure that everybody's keeping honest. And what? this is and it, uh, nobody looked at this, right? I mean, uh, the, the act, <laughs> the fact that you're you're touching things on the screen with that switch turned off and data is being sent back. Is a sign, right? It's a good sign, bad sign, but a good sign that something's happening there, and nobody was looking.
3: And, and like a, a lot of times, it's, it's one of those things, like, oh, you know, like as a programmer, you're working, and something's really arduous, and you're like, well, I'm just going to leave this back door in, so I can go in and out really quickly while I'm working on something or see something, and and uh, and then you don't don't close the door or lock it, <laughs>
0: you know. And so uh, and, uh, it feels you know, more because uh, it's in a mostly, bunch of apps. It's sending it to an address that is clearly about tracking. I don't know. I I think it's going to be pretty hard to say, uh, oh, that was a bug. No, well, it's not going to be. I don't think so because it's it's a switch you can turn on or off.
2: Right. It's a switch you can turn on or off. And the problem is that the switch didn't get read by the app, so they just kept sending the data. So it could
0: be just the switch doesn't work.
1: Yeah. 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 And, but it but it does it does point to a failure in process that mm-hmm. you don't you, you, there. There is always that 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 group at the end of the assembly line that checks that does a quality check on the product going yeah. out to make sure that nothing got missed. That hey looks like something. Why got
2: is all this data coming in who? about uh, these people's phones? Right. I who, don't understand who is, it. I think the bottom line is who is responsible for that switch and making sure that switch works right? Yeah. Somebody should be in charge of all of those privacy switches you, that Apple cares so yeah. much about, and yet this got through. You guys are so generous to Apple. You really are. I
0: <laughs> I just, are just, I, just they just really a lot giving to them lose. the benefit of the doubt.
2: I, I, I think they've got a lot to lose. I, I I, have a hard time imagining that this is all some sort of a scheme where they say they care, but secretly they're harvesting where you're tapping in the right. stocks app. Like, I mean, the stakes are so high for them that I have a hard time. Again, mm. yeah, maybe we are giving them the benefit of the doubt, and this will all be a scheme, but this feels much more like a screw up than a scheme to me but yeah i mean they're going to they're well, going to undercut yeah. their entire thing if it's a scheme well they but already have this- i mean you can imagine every android user going to
0: their iphone boasting friends and saying <laughs> see I told you yeah. again. Again,
1: that that was that 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 building size poster they put up, oh. up at uh, up, up across from the Google uh, the Google Suite at that at uh, at mobile what was mobile world I think it was Congress, CES like, say, yeah C, sorry CES privacy, like, yeah, we're the only ones we're the iPhone. only who care about privacy yeah. and iPhone yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's consistently that's going to be one of the most expensive ad buys Apple <laughs>
0: has ever ever made. All right, well we'll watch with interest and as, and as soon as Apple uh, says something, uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, it'll be big news. Um, yeah. And uh, I doubt it will stop the uh, class action. I'm very curious if the, uh, I'm sure the FTC is at this point going. Let's uh, let's uh, see what Apple you know, says. The,
1: the, the, the great thing is about class action is basically about, is millions of dollars worth of discovery that the
0: government does not have to pay yeah. for,
1: but they just, they get good to right click and download that PDF That's and good. then decide on their next
0: step. Yep. yep. Really simplifies things, doesn't it? Let's take a little break. we got more to talk about. Uh, not a lot more, but there's a little, there's a little bit more. We'll find something it's uh it's that uh, slow period in between uh product releases um, but there are some stories and we'll get to those in just a bit with Jason Snell Andy Inako, Alex Lindsay our show today brought to you by it pro TV love these guys I've known them since they started it pro TV nine years ago I think it was. Uh, Don uh, and Tim are great guys who were IT trainers who saw what we were doing in here and they said, you know, this would be a really fun way to learn IT. IT Pro TV was born. Now they have a beautiful facility in Gainesville. We went out for the grand opening. Seven studios running all day, Monday through Friday, to create new course content because it's always changing. They hire the best, most engaging instructors, people who are actual working pros in the field. But they hire them because not only are they experts, but they have a passion and a love for what they're doing, which communicates to you. It makes IT Pro TV very engaging, very interesting. Whether you're new to the IT field, or you know you just want to get into IT and you want to get those certs so you can get that first job, or you're a seasoned pro, IT Pro TV's online IT training can change your life. Virtual learning solutions for everyone at every skill level, every vendor. To start or advance your IT career, it's kind of a talk show format. They do it live, so you, just like we do, so you can chat with them live. And then they, within 24 hours, get those uh, live broadcasts into the library. They have 5,800 hours of downloadable IT training, always adding new stuff. So because, you know, the tests change, the software changes, there are new certs, old certs go away. Their courses are always 100% Up to date. They chop it up too, which is really nice. They do a couple of things that really I think are uh, small things that make a big difference. 20 to 30 minutes per episode, which means you could watch it in a lunch break or, you know, at any time it's convenient for you. You can watch it almost anywhere on your computer, of course, your tablet, but they also support Roku, Apple TV. So you can, you can easily watch it on your big screen. You can listen. You can stream it in your car as you go to work. So you're going to, you can learn. In those little gaps you have in between your real job and your real life, you can learn so you can get a better job. It's hands-on learning, too. They have hosted virtual labs. All you need is a browser, and you can set up a Windows server, set up Windows clients. You can get access to cloned virtual machine environments to test the skills you're learning. They've got IT certification practice tests. I think this is the best way to prepare. To take the test before you take the test and, and keep taking the test until you got it right, right? So that you'll be ready and even maybe more important, confident when you sit for the exam. This is so successful now. In the nine years they've been around, 220,000 people have joined their community of IT learners. 220,000. Those people are around too. They're in the forums along with the instructors. They're there to help. They're there to support. They're there to be your friends. It's really a wonderful community. Apple TV, Roku, desktop, hit the road with your tablet and mobile device. Look, it'd be silly to go to a very expensive school to learn IT when you could do it online in in the comfort of your own home conveniently while you continue to work your existing job. You could stay focused on tech with affordable certification based learning that'll get you that job or get you a new job or get you new skills. And by the way, every month they offer free webinars live so that you can watch and ask questions or on demand afterwards so you can watch them when you can. Uh, you can watch them live on IT Pro TV social channels. They have LinkedIn, they have YouTube, they have Facebook. Just look for IT Pro TV on those platforms. Coming up November 17th, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's the IT Pro TV Turkey Bowl. They do this every year. It's really fun. Join them for live games and gift giveaways during the holidays. Look, if you don't have any experience with IT Pro TV, this would be a great idea. Go there and, and have some fun and really get a sense of who these people are because they're so much fun. Tim Broom, our good friend Tim Broom, the co-founder of IT Pro TV with Don Pazette, says it best himself: quote, We want to make life easier for people who want an IT career. It's just as easy as that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these guys. I really admire what they've done. And we've been glad to partner with them since they started. Right now, get 30% off when you sign up at itpro.tv slash MacBreak. Use the offer code MacBreak30 for 30% off itpro.tv slash MacBreak. ITProTV. Build or expand your IT career and enjoy the journey. We thank them so much for... For, for nine years now, supporting everything we do here. We're happy to support them. And you support us. See, it's all a triangle of support. If you go to itpro.tv slash MacBreak, so they know you saw it here, and, and for your own benefit, don't forget to use that offer code, MacBreak30, because that's going to get you 30% off. ITProTV. Thank you, ITProTV. We appreciate your support. Well, all right, I'm going to stay in the Apple's nefarious evil plans Segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a little thing, but it's an interesting thing. Uh, it's from uh, a uh, website uxdesign.cc, the UX Collective, UX User Interface on uh, Medium. One trick Alan's writing. One trick Apple uses to make you think green bubbles are gross. <laughs> this is actually kind of interesting. This is the Apple chat they choose a green that is low contrast in fact it violates the web community uh, community access guidelines uh and alan gives us an example this would be a a good contrast green instead they choose a lower contrast green which makes those green bubbles somewhat less legible than the blue bubbles do you think they did that on purpose (laughs)
2: Can I give the history lesson here, which is they didn't select that color for Android. They selected it for SMS because that app wasn't called Messages. When the iPhone started, it was called SMS, and there wasn't iMessage then. So they picked green because, I don't know, because that was what they thought a text message should be. And then when they added iMessage, they added a different color, which was blue. And so I think this is really great from a. A dark pattern perspective about how Apple chose a bolder design for their own thing than for the default thing, but <laughs> just to make it clear, this is really about the green. Unless they change the green at some point, which I guess is possible, maybe iOS seven. But uh, you know, the green choice was made in the original iPhone for text messages because that's where this came from.
0: Yeah, and if you have a bright screen, it's even worse. By the way, <laughs> so um, it would be nice if Apple would change it to a better. Color, green's fine. Just a higher contrast green. Do you think they will? Uh,
1: I I have to I have to say that this I do think this is suspicious. Like this, (laughs) this, famously, this is the company where Steve Jobs emailed the CEO of Google complaining about the shade of green uh, of yellow in their own company logo. I do believe that the Apple's own products undergo a certain UI. Beauty pass review that they said, ah, oh, screw it. We we Alas, alas we have limited resources for making sure that we make the improvements apply to all the, all of the UI elements inside the thing, particularly the things that that, that, that
0: help us to sell more iPhones and, than Android. And phones. I'll grant you, Jason, it wasn't a slam in Android because it wasn't about Android at the time, but it might have been a way of saying we're better than SMS.
2: But it wasn't because when they introduced it, it was just was, SMS was and just it was SMS. just green and yeah. they added I- iMessage later and turned it blue. I will. I'm going to turn this into a tip opportunity for everybody. You go to settings, accessibility, display and text size and turn on increase contrast. And guess what happens? That green bubble is a lot darker. Yeah. So, it (laughs) gives you you a switch.
0: That's okay then.
2: They give you a switch. And the switch works unlike some of their switches I hear. (laughs) Ooh. Ow. Ooh.
0: All right. I'm going to go turn that up because I think, uh, you know, I do have some friends
2: makes the blue one darker too, but uh, yeah. it does make the green darker. Yeah. And I, as some, as a, as a colorblind person, I have a lot oh, of those things. I, I have a lot of those things on because increasing contrast and just decreasing transparency makes it easier to differentiate. There's also a great setting in there, by the way, called differentiate without color, which some apps follow and other apps ignore, but <laughs> that could be useful because there was a time when you had very vital parts of your interface. That would be a circle. And I would say to myself, what color is that circle it's trying to tell me like you know the charging thing that they put on a lot of hardware where it's like it's green or it's amber i i can't tell the difference so anyway differentiate without color is there too accessibility settings are good so bold text larger text button shapes
0: auto here's reduced transparency you think that's a good one too uh, and I, really, I mean, it,
2: it really changes the look, but you might like the look. Yeah. Um, and they have these on the Mac, too. If you want to make yeah. your Mac feel like it's from the 90s, you can turn <laughs> a lot of this stuff on. And everything gets, like, not transparent and with heavy borders around it and all. And I know some people who love that. Uh, there's also some, this this one, maybe you could explain, you mentioned differentiate
0: without color. What Does it, like, add little, it says, replaces user interface items that rely solely on color.
2: Right. So think about um, the one that I always uh, always got me was back in the day. was like an instant messaging app that has uh, a red if they're do not disturb and a yellow if they're away and a green if they're okay And when I turn that feature on on my Mac, it goes and it keeps the colors, but it makes them a triangle, a circle and a square. Because all good design, all good UX design, you should not have to rely only on color as a signal. There should be Mm -hmm. another signal. Like how when you move over a Mac window, those little traffic light signs in the corner also get symbols in them. So they're all circles, but they all get symbols in them so that if you can't differentiate based on color, you can just differentiate based on one, their placement, left, right, center, and also the symbol that appears inside. There's also
0: on-off labels, which I guess might help as well.
2: Yeah, it puts a little uh, on or off on the switch so you can tell yeah. whether it's on or off without oh, seeing yeah, look, the green see, or the red.
0: See, I see it, yeah. so and, the green or uh, the gray. There are a lot For of any. guys
2: who are colorblind
0: and don't know it.
2: <laughs> I didn't know until college. Yeah. I took a I took a test in college and they said, arrange these five green circles in order. And I was like, uh, <laughs> order they all what? green.
0: That's it. That's all I know. Order of what? What are you
2: talking yeah. about there? But anyway, I so I don't know the one fact that I don't know and that I would love to know about the iMessage bubble versus the SMS slash Android bubble is, uh, did they change it at some point? And to Andy's point, yes, I am sure. Just like iMessage in general as a lock in. Feature. I, I, It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it turns out this thing is a lock in feature. What a shame. Uh, let's not do anything to make it better, right? Like, let's not we're, make any we're gonna effort get right, to make it better.
1: Right on that. We're going to put yeah. this what's work order on the bottom of a disused filing yeah, cabinet. File a radar.
2: Beware of the leopard. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're going for there. And uh, yeah, we'll fire radar. We'll prioritize it appropriately and we'll see you back here in 2053.
0: I got to believe, though, <laughs> that Apple. Uh, tests accessibility of their colors. And this color fails the WCAG tests uh, that are out there. It's you know, and I would I would expect that they're doing that with all this stuff. Maybe not, but I, I would expect them to do this mm-hmm. test. So um, Do you th- anyway you think
1: that, do, you th- do you think that they, they go so deep as to test to make sure test to make sure that SMS green bubbles have the same do they go that deep, or did they just simply say, "Here is the basic US, UI for iMessage"? We regard it's somewhere institutionally, not specifically, but institutionally, they think, "Oh, well, SMS is is an exception; it doesn't it doesn't merit its own test uh, test yeah, suite or maybe not a uh, test schedule."
0: I, I, mean, seems- I should point out, by the way, according to this UX design uh, blog, uh, the blue that they chose also fails with the normal text size. So maybe maybe they need to rethink their color choices. Yeah. Or or we should all turn on that contrast
2: filter. Turn on the contrast no. feature, yeah. yeah. And that, uh, actually, you know, they, the great shame, as much as I like accessibility features, they do provide an out, right? Like they can say, "Oh, well, we made this thing inaccessible, but if you want it to be accessible, yeah, you can turn we can this always turn on. It on." For those, of and you. that's a that's an yeah. excuse. But maybe you should make the default design better. Yeah. 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 yeah, we we make the we make the SMS
1: bubbles very light gray on a white background, just to save wear and tear on the pixels. You see, because yeah. it's such a popular the, it's standard. A it's OLED.
2: Yeah,
1: our our customers love the color of our SMS <laughs> bubbles.
2: <laughs> Only Apple could make a bubble this gray. Only Apple. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're
2: welcome. So last week
0: we said that uh, one analyst uh, out of China said that Apple was going to delay mass production of their AR VR headset until 2024. Correction. Uh, now a new report says this is from Digitimes, which I think is reliable. Yeah. That Apple yeah. may be starting as early as the first quarter of next year, like in just a few months.
3: Maybe producing them. I, I think that it, it's, it, it alludes to that Apple might announce it. I, I just don't see Apple announcing this before WWDC. Like, yeah. the developers need to get
0: this stuff early. Or it's just not going to be a great rollout. And, may, and you know, well, we've I, heard that this would be the expensive developer version. That's what everybody does, right? So maybe they're producing the developer version, announce it in June at WWDC so developers can get it. Yeah, uh, I still, yeah. I still I mean, think it's
1: good. I still think it's going to go from
0: the same template as they've
1: had every time they've had a radical new product uh, like the Apple Watch, like the iPhone, like the iPad. They have always there's a point at which they have to file with the FCC. Here is what it is. Here are are specs. Here's what it's doing before they can actually let it outside of the lab. So if they're going to have to make that, that stuff public anyway, let's have an event like three or four months before we intend to actually for real roll it out so we can have a controlled environment in which we at least put it through. Its paces in a very limited way, and that also gives them an, uh, that also gives them a, a door so that they can start to seed after the for FCC uh, certification. Now they can actually let. Twelve samples of these out, so that twelve very, very well selected companies or developers can have something to show off during the WWDC, the big dog and pony show unveiling, right. where they finally, yeah. where they finally tell developers, "Here's how much it's going to cost. Here's how you can order it. Here's when we're going to ship it, and here is all of the APIs and toolkits you're going to have to start to use. And here are some simulators because almost none of you are going to be able to get one <laughs> until for, until uh, until uh, four yeah, until a few months later. Yeah."
2: So the rumor is, and the, the report that the, that happened this week is that they are expecting this thing because we've already said it's more. It's like two thousand plus twenty five hundred, three thousand. Who knows how much? A lot of money, and that they only expect to make point uh, seven million, seven hundred yeah, less 000. than a million of them, yeah. which is not very yeah. Apple to make a product with that. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I have thought with Andy for a long time now that the idea of of, of I don't know if they will pitch it as a developer kit, but I think that it's going to be a de facto developer kit because it's so expensive, and I think that the only way they're going to be able to explain that price is to say, look, look, it's early days, this is this is the, a first step, we're to, we've are we got a whole vision, but we have to start with this one, and, and we're going to get the de- developers really engaged in it, and then just wait, we're going to have more down the road, because otherwise they really are going to have to set the bar pretty low if they don't think that they're going to sell more than a million. I do yeah. wonder sometimes though if in the end it will be a developer kit in all but name, right? Because then they, they pre-announce yeah. it in March or something, and then they ship it to developers at WWDC and try to extol the virtues. But even there, they got to make a case, right? If they're only going to sell yeah. 700,000 of them, why would you develop for it as a platform? So they've got to have a vision for like what the future of this platform is going to be. Because, you know, if, you, if you're a developer, why would you put all the time and effort in to reach an addressable market of 700,000, right? It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it is uh, the more I think about the comparison between this and the iPad, the more the more similarities I see where even there they had to Steve Jobs on the on the stage was essentially dodging around the fact that, hey, we know that this looks like a tablet, which you've seen before. But please don't judge this like a Windows tablet. It really is its own thing. And also, we are giving you a bunch of sample apps that look like they're very they make. Total sense for a device like this, but we are desperately hoping that developers and users will tell us what this thing is for. I mean, they're they're not as speculative and, and crazy as other companies would be, but I think that there is going to have to be a period in which we think that we think that uh, you can't develop you can't figure out a use for this until you have this thing here seven hundred thousand of you here is that thing. Now, because you are the most creative and crazy developer community on the planet, I believe, I think that you're going to find compelling things so that when we finally do manufacture a thousand dollar consumer version of these in millions of millions of units, you will have apps and experiences that people are going to want to buy into.
3: Well, and, and also, I think that number one is I. I bet you Apple has a pretty clear idea of what they think that this is for,
0: <laughs> you know, for this this product specifically. Well, what do you think? Um, and, and because there's two choices right now, right? There's gaming and there's productivity. And uh, Apple really doesn't have uh, VR gaming. I just bought that ridiculous $1,500 Oculus Pro. And <laughs> when they announced it, they had... Uh, you know, uh, um, Satya Nadella come on from Microsoft. They talk about you're going to use it in office. They're really kind of slanting it more toward a productivity tool. What do you think Apple's going to do, Alex? You know, I, I think that there's there is a um, the
3: I think initially there's a real possibility of how do you integrate the other pieces of hardware that you have. You know, so whether it's your Apple TV. So you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is if you had MLS, let's just say you had. All the broadcasting rights to MLS. <laughs> you would be super useful if you wanted to create moments. So rather than having it be something that is, uh, that you put on, and maybe, maybe you put it on and watch the whole game, but maybe you put it on because there's a moment that, that you might want to see that you're reminded of when you watch the show or when you're reminded of that, uh, when you're watching a presentation, hey, you could pop this up and put the goggles on and you'll get to experience something. So we're talking about the Civil War. We want to, we're talking about Gettysburg. We're talking about Pickett's Charge. Why don't you go there? Like, you know, put this on right now. So education, you think? And it uh, Education. Well, so like, for instance, a good example is a friend of mine, um, uh, someone in office hours, you know, they built some USDZ models and they gave them to the sales folks. And then they want the sales folks wanted the USDZ models of everything because they had them on their iPad (laughs) and they were able to show them to to a client. With the there this these are valves and stuff like that, but this valve on the, like it looks like it's real, it looks like it's sitting on and they can move around it and ask questions, and that kind of thing that's so that sales that is experiences added to the Apple TV experience, it is education, it is you know those are there's a bunch of places there that I think are pretty interesting models, and I think that um you know if you know with the, the given how much Apple has already put into it. Uh, I think that, um, I think that you're going to probably find that they've probably been working on for a little while, like as far as partners go. And, 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 and then I think the other thing is, is that while there may only be a million units, it's a million people that are pretty free with cash because they just spent $3,000 on something and are (laughs) desperately trying to test it. Well, I mean, we see this all the time. When something new comes out, a whole bunch of people get it. I know when I first got Oculus, I was just like, buy, 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 buy. But that first couple (laughs) weeks, you know, I'm trying to figure it out, especially if you're a developer. I want to see what everybody else is doing. I'm probably a little less sensitive to cash than the average consumer because it's part of my research. I'm going to write it off anyway. Yeah. And so I'm going to, um, you know, so I'm to, I want to know, I want to see what other people are doing with that. And so I do think that there'll be an awful lot of people running to get in there. And the, and also the advantage for the developers is they're going to be the first first movers. And so they're going to get to see how it works, respond, yeah. and so on and so forth. And And these things are going to sell out. Like they're going to, I, Apple will sell as many of these headsets as they can make.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, but there is with VR and AR, there's been this d- line of demarcation between selling to industry, selling to the people that you're talking about, where I have my goodness, I could save so much money in training for this. Or, wow, I'm, I I want to create the next great thing in telemedicine and I need a headset like this to make that sort of thing happen. Uh, but the, the 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 line that I'm more interested in is that Apple is, you know, they've they've got hundreds of stores and malls. OK, they build beautiful retail stores. So uh, the difficulty that they're going to have is the same difficulty that everybody has had, which is how do you com- how do you convince a regular consumer that this is something that they're going to want to spend a thousand dollars for, assuming that's how much it costs, And even when he comes and every time that that. Uh, even you and I, you have so much more, not just imagination, but imagination fed by practical experience and knowledge, even when any even when someone like you talks about, oh, when we have MLS could be a really wonderful experience. That's oh, it's always hopeful and speculative. Every time I I think of a way that VR and AR could make a big big difference, like hey, what if you have virtual workspaces, not just conferencing, but just hey, my my, my screen is now my my VR headset. It's not necessarily uh with with a video pass through. Those are every time I come up with something, it really is something that is speculative. That okay, that's conditional upon. Again, well, people walking into Best Buy, people walking to an Apple store thinking that, yes, that's a better way of doing this, or that's a more powerful way, or a more, uh, 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 it solves problems, it
3: creates opportunities for me. It's definitely worth six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars. I think a lot of it will have to do with the resolution and frame rate. So I know that yeah. seems like a really minor thing, but no, um, I if, 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 if I, not from an Apple device, but from another device that I, other devices that I've worked with, I've had the opportunity to see, you know, uh, more than 6k at you know pretty high frame rate yeah it's it's completely different than anything you've seen before like so all the stuff we've seen up until now is is exciting and it's interesting but the reason a lot of us go anybody who's seen you know high frame rate and high resolution which is like the kind of things that let you see that are big helmets that make you look you could never take home (laughs) and they're you know a couple hundred thousand dollars (laughs) each And you put them on and then it's like, oh, that's what everybody who's excited about it has that's in development has seen these. And you know these high frame rate things have been around for a while. High frame rate, high resolution. It's just that they're at a million dollars or quarter million dollars. They're not practical. Right. And so if Apple can get these quarter million dollar, half million dollar units into three hundred three thousand dollars and you really get six to eight K per eye and you really get over, we'll just say over 95 frames a second, 120 frames a second. Um, if you get to that level, there's a lot of people that are going to buy that because it's now you're throwing it on there and you, it's not like a digital thing that is kind of cool and you're almost there. It's like you, you really feel like you're there. And so the thing is, is that is, is and that's going to be a different experience. And again, I don't think that it's going to be for everyone at the very beginning, but I do think that when people see it, they're very aspirate, they're going to be very aspirational and will will want to, you know, be the person that has those at the house when, when people come over, be the person and, <laughs> You no, know, but but literally, I mean that's that's how. No, this no, I agree with you. you no, know, and 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 people will um you know want to be that person that has it, and and they're gonna and again, there's a n- millions of those people. It's maybe not hundreds of millions or tens of millions, but there's definitely enough to get a market off the ground. Yeah, and again, I think that there are so many places with that, and the big problem, right? The 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 the, the biggest problems that I've seen with with headsets so far is one, low resolution, low lower frame or medium thirty to sixty frames per second is fine but it's not great um lower resolution is a problem glasses are a big problem like i won't (laughs) i don't really use the oculus anymore because there's no diopter so i can't adjust it and which means that i have to either change lenses out with the family or
0: oculus fits over my glasses better
3: I know, it's just, pro. you know, I spent a lot of money on these 1, glasses. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to I gonna wear use my glasses
0: them. that when I'm doing it
3: and it yeah, works I, okay. I yeah, I, I, I did that with, I did with my last pair and that's why I have a new pair is that, you know, the last pair just got all wonky Squished. and everything else. And so I'm a little, but so, so glasses are a problem. And then the other big thing is the startup process. So contextually, like for instance, if you're connected to your phone and you're looking at your phone and you know what you're going to get and then you throw it on and you don't have to hit any buttons and i'm just where i need to be rather than the, the it's the navigation that oftentimes is like you got to be like a little you know rain man to kind of figure out where to go at the very beginning it's when you want to show it to someone or you want to do something you know it becomes really hard so those are those are things that are real and then of course content you know like games are fine but robo recall in my opinion was the only game that i enjoyed playing that and htc had this little one with arrows that you shoot it uh, like, actually like planes, the, um, that's
0: about it I like the Beat Saber games. They're Guitar Hero, but instead of playing a guitar, yep, they're great. the things are coming at you, and you either hit them with sabers, there's one where you hit it with balls, but right. it's you're moving, which is nice, uh, and it's fun, and you're listening to music. It's basically dancing with a. Silly-looking helmet on. You've played those, uh, Jason, as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, Beat Saber is great. I love There's Beat Saber. Supernatural. Which? Supernatural? Superhuman? Yeah. Super, I forget Supernatural. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Supernatural, which is a, an exercise game that That's has really meta
0: gotten... tried to buy.
2: Yeah. yeah, and a lot of pickup from that. <laughs> and and the, so we already have some sense of what some of the applications are that are going to be good here. And Apple having fitness and having, you know, the app store. Like, Apple has some ideas, I'm sure, about ways to make this all work. I think the question is, how long is the ramp up to it being a product that people, that lots of people are going to want to buy. And how do they market that first product? Because everything Apple does has a huge amount of scrutiny. And if, you know, the risk is you come out with a product for $2,500 and you say it's for everybody, but really not that everybody like looks at it and is like, well, that's ridiculous. And they, and they write it off and it's a joke. To, to it some makes de- it harder for them to sell it next year. To some degree that years. has
0: already happened with VR. I have to point out. Right. Well, this yeah. is this is the problem, and then it's if very Apple comes in with something, that Apple, yeah, that Apple's going to yeah. be able to make something happen is highly speculative. I could easily see Apple putting all this money and effort into it and never releasing it, realizing that it's not worth it. We're yeah. not going to be able to push through. Here's and, what Mark Gurman is—they're not afraid.
3: They're—they're they're not afraid of throwing billions at something and then no just saying you know, and just killing they it. it. Yep. They didn't, yep. they didn't make
1: the turn. Yeah, they're not the Apple TV. We, 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 we don't. We don't. We don't have an Apple branded TV set, and they were ready to go at any moment.
2: It. Is a hedge against VR replacing the smartphone right. or AR yeah. replacing the smartphone as right. the interface. And if you're Apple and Very you smart. have the iPhone, why would you not? And lots of billions and billions and billions of dollars in cash. Why would you not hedge against that? That Right. We're, Facebook is making a little more of an existential wager here, I think. But for Apple. Because like, they have yeah. to. If because they have to, their business
0: is failing. So they it's have in decline, to. right? Yeah. But if
2: you're Apple, you're looking at like, what is a threat to to undercut or replace my iPhone business? Exactly. And if AR glasses is the, it turns out in 15 years even to be the right. smartphone replacement, why would you not spend your 50, 60 billion in cash right, right now to be there? And
0: we're doing the work. Yeah, and, no guarantees going to release. Let me tell you what Mark no. Gurman's speculation is because he had a really long piece about this. Uh, first of all, what we already know, uh, according to Gurman, and I think others, the headset, 2000 to $3,000 because it's a high-end product that will pack in a Mac-level M2 chip, more than 10 cameras outside and inside, the highest resolution displays ever featured in a mass market device. The uh, new operating system is called Reality OS. They already have trademarked that. It will include mixed reality versions of core Apple apps like Messages, FaceTime, And Maps, the first version of the operating system code named Oak, is now wrapping up internally so it's ready for new hardware next year. Uh, He says he, uh, because of the trademark filings, believes Reality Pro and Reality One are the possible names uh, for this. And now, he says, thanks to Apple job listings posted over the last several months... And changes to the team behind the future headset, the technology development group, indicate that Apple's ramping up its work to bolster the device with content. They're looking, for instance, for a software producer with experience in visual effects and game asset pipelines who can create digital content for augmented and virtual reality environments. The listings also apply. Again, this is all Mark Gurman from Bloomberg and his power on newsletter the listings also imply that Apple's looking to build a video service for the headset featuring 3d content that can be played in virtual reality yep that's makes sense of, and and by the way the the one place that
3: virtual that all that 3d content that we gave up on really works is a headset wow you know, how does it work yeah you know like if you get the con- convergence and the interaxial or any interocular or any axial dis- distance right if you don't get it right it hurts but right. if, it, if you do get it right it the headset just looks amazing if you shot it well. So it's 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 exciting. I,
2: yeah, I was going to say we a lot of us roll our eyes at 3D movies, right? Because they it was the next big thing, and then they did, turned out not to be the next big thing. But you got to put on the stupid glasses, and it takes half the brightness out of it because you've got right. you've got to you've project the interleaved images. Let me tell you, even on the Quest Two, 3D movies look pretty good even with that incredibly low resolution if you can imagine an 8k, 8K resolution uh, headset and immersive audio and a 3d movie or sports show or whatever like it will it's already very close at the the most Low level of the Quest 2 to being a better experience than watching a 3D movie in a theater because the 3D movie in the theater has so many uh, limitations. Whereas this is just putting two images in front of your eyes and it's just native 3D. There's a lot they can do, even leaving aside like VR or having you sit in some seats at a sporting event and being able to watch it like you're sitting there. Like there's lots of stuff they can experiment with on the, and they already have a like a movie and TV store, right? And a streaming service and like all the pieces are there for that.
3: Yeah. And the next VR stuff has been pretty good. I mean, they had a pretty good stack of patents. And, you know, one of the things that next VR did was figure out that you just put, need two 180 lenses. You don't need to look around all the time where you have stitching in. That's issues the company they just bought things. a while ago, a couple of years yeah, ago. Not just, pre- yeah. Not yeah. just BC before COVID. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, the, um, <laughs> but they, but, uh, they, um, uh, they've had that for a while. And the big thing is, is that if, when you want to watch, Basketball game um or something like the the one thing that I learned I did a bunch of basketball games is that floor it, seats baby it, so the thing is is floor seats i got I, I got to sit like second row at a at a basketball game it's a different game
0: it is yeah
3: these so, guys are but,
0: huge and they're right there yeah no, and we put,
3: and we put and we put ozo cameras right right on the side of the of the uh um of of a basketball court for a pro game and and it's really cool. You're like, this is really awesome. But the resolution, the stitching, uh, all the other things became more of a challenge. And so, so if you can get that resolution up and if you can get the frame rate up and you can get the immersive sound and everything else, it, 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 it's a pretty compelling solution. Yeah. It's the box it, that it, everyone's it, trying to fit in by, by trying to fit into the, the opportunity they have. And I don't know if Apple's going to make that opportunity, but they usually do pretty well. The opportunity is they're not trying to fit it into a fi you know, and, and meta's trying to do same thing well. for a concert they're right? not trying to well so yes and no um so the thing with concerts we talk about spatial audio spatial yeah, video so, right well yeah what you want to do is is the, the hard part with concerts is where you want to put the camera is right in front of everybody that might be at the concert right so really where you want to go down this path and um is you want your own you know what do what apple can afford to do you yeah. build a stage that is designed for it and there's little things you do you do things that create um, parallax. And so what you want is ah. you want to put, you want to put elements in the scene, including the people that, because really in, in a 3d environment, typically the, the between five feet and about 20 feet is what you, where all the money is, right? Like, so if, if a lot's going on in there, it really feels 3d. As you get further out than 20 feet, the parallax isn't as much
0: and you just don't notice you know it as much. It's not work? a special. We just saw, uh, Roger Waters latest show and it's in the round. Mm-hmm. And you could instead of putting the camera in front of in between the audience and the performer, you mm-hmm. put it in the middle, looking out it, and it, it might have been really interesting.
3: It, it, you'd have to it's get a the, little uh the, the, we've done the, the middle out, and the problem is you start moving your head around. It doesn't feel very natural because okay. you'd never be there because you're looking but, behind you and yeah, 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 right. but but in three d if 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 you again, if you decide like, if, if he's in the round, that we're going to put the camera right in front of them and there's just not no one going to be behind that area. And so now you yeah. see everybody else and you see him that might yeah. work or again by himself because the nice thing about when the artist is by themselves they just look at the camera. Right. Like this is the camera. This is who you look they at. They know who they're looking at. And then right. it's this really personal experience and everybody gets an experience that is you can't get anywhere else. Sure. Cuz even when you're when you're there at a stage they're looking at this part of the stage or they're looking at that part of the stage. When you put a camera right in front of them they're just playing His, so whether it's a 16 by 9 rectilinear or or
0: stereo uh it's a very personal experience this show was in this uh, the place the uh chase arena where um the warriors play so it's a big mm-hmm. central area and they used almost all of the playing right. surface band they had instruments spread out all over it was almost as if they were it des- was what you were describing and, and waters would go to one place and sing to that quarter of the audience because the rest of the audience is now behind him but it's just as you described now you have this great depth with with a drummer you know right. 20 feet over here and singers 10 feet over there i i think that maybe artists are already thinking this i wonder if, well, if anybody know james cameron because you got to think yeah. as he's shooting his new avatar <laughs> he's thinking you know, next year might be fun to have this in a VR environment. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: He was. He was also. He also in his in the interviews. He at least he gave with New York Times. He was. He did talk about what we were talking about earlier about 3D movies. That the difference is that like he is actually shooting his movie with a 3D setup with 3D in mind, and that most of the when the 3D looked like it was going to be a thing, all the studios were like, all the studios were like, we don't want to put the money to this. All the right. directors were like, we don't want to have to relearn how to shoot a movie, and so. The, the results were these inferior, okay, thank you for the 2D movie, now we will basically hand, we will basically create Dr. Tung's 3D house of Avatar <laughs> or whatever to create these yeah, kind yeah. of fake-looking 3D effects as opposed yeah. to things that are absolutely organic to the storytelling. Yeah, Cameron but has all- had
0: enough clout and-, and he does still have enough clout to do it right. And I and a an yeah. high frame rate, uh, you know, high high resolution. It'd be very interesting. I bet you anything Apple's talking to him. And wouldn't you in a year from now... When they announce, and now you can get Avatar on the Apple's, you know, TV Plus yeah. in surround. That might be a very mm-hmm. interesting well, product and, for them. And the and
3: the thing is, is that it. it Andy's absolutely right that the, that the that there was this rush to the to the surface, yeah. and we see the same thing with spatial audio, which is that everybody's just trying to remix it, or they're right. trying to it's crap. use AI to strip this yeah. strip it out, and then move just move things around a little bit, and. And, but when it's really done correctly, you know, I, I went to Sony when they were trying to get people going, they would invite people to come and get trained for, for stereo. And it was awesome. Um, it was like the best two train, two days of training I've ever been through, which is that they, and they really just broke down, like, this is how you set up the cameras and this is convergence. And this is, and you, you got to sit there and on a Sony stage with Sony cameras, like actually, and then you go into a theater and look at some stuff and you come back out and work on it. And um, then you really got to see what 3D looked like. And it was stunning. It was just stunning to look at um, when you in the right environment. And, and these, these headsets are the right environment right. for this. And I think that it's going to be really, really fascinating to see. And James Cameron is going to probably be on
0: the stage with Apple to <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a caution. Uh, Apple may never release any of this, but they're clearly hiring. Some more listings uh, include we're you looking seem optimistic. Yeah. Well, but also <laughs> they're well, hiring they, a whole bunch of people. They like, got the like, money. Hey. They got the yeah. money, you know. I mean, they're doing the same yeah. thing with a car. And if if, of- if it really seems like people really don't want this, they go okay.
3: Just think you can you can sit in your car with your VR goggles and it'll drive you somewhere, and
0: then you and can get be somewhere really else.
3: nauseated. Oh my yeah. god, you feel sick.
0: We're looking. <laughs> this is from another listing. We're looking for a software engineer who'll work on the app Intense. Framework, this is this is part of iOS to help design and implement solutions to unlock deep system intelligence, enable new developer tools, facilitate novel user interactions from application data models which are leveraged by a variety of system services like shortcuts, Siri, Search, and more. So that gives you some idea. They're thinking yeah. this is more than just move watching movies. There's also platform, right? uh, they want to develop a three D mixed reality world. <sighs>
1: That is so ambitious. I, I, and I, that's not a complaint, by the way. I'm saying that as, as we keep talking about all this sort of stuff, realize this, this, I like the fact that Apple is willing to risk failure and they are risking failure with this. This could be, this is the, this could be another Newton where it's wonderful. It's brilliant. People like me who are sometimes trick themselves into thinking that uh, 17 months from now is actually now in human terms think that, wow, this, 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 this is the leading edge of what everything is, should be in the next two years. But then every, the, the actual human beings take a look at this and think that. I can't, wow, I had the most a mind-blowing demo of this thing at the Apple store. I can't wait to go back to the Apple store and try it again. There's no way I'm spending a thousand dollars for it right. because I don't think, right. I don't, I can't see how I would use this in a way that I wouldn't already be using my other stuff. But hey, it was such a wonderful demo. I saw soccer in 3D and I was able to turn my head. So, and that, that's not, that's not denigrating anything else that was said here. I'm just saying that this, it's a wonderful demo, but it has to exactly. be relevant to people who, even the people who are spending $2,000 for, for no books and people are spending $800
0: for Apple watches and $1,500 for the best uh, iPhones. It has to do stuff. And that's where we are right now. And that's the whole problem right now is it's a great demo. It's fun. And then you get tired of it. The other, uh, I want to read a little bit more. Uh, By the way, Meta's putting $10 billion a year into their efforts. (laughs) Apple has so much money. They've got such an engine. (laughs) They could double or triple that without breaking a sweat. So... I I agree with you, uh, Jason, when this is clearly something you do and because the phone isn't going to be there forever and they don't want somebody else eating their lunch. So you do it. And if it doesn't take off, well, oh, well, we get a nice tax write off.
2: Well, and even if it doesn't become an iPhone, right, maybe it maybe it becomes a 20 or 30 billion dollar a year business like like an iPad or even smaller than an iPad. I'll take it. And if that keeps it rolling uh, as the technology, because the technology is totally going to get better. Right. Technology will keep improving. And, you know, you can keep that alive for a long time, thinking at some point here it's going to break through. And, you know, if you're Apple, it would almost be malpractice not to do it because what if right what if it replaces the iPhone and and you're not there when the music stops?
3: Yeah, and it's so yeah. hard to that, do. Like you need the years yeah. to do it. That's the
1: thing. You
2: do. Yeah. And,
3: and on top
1: of everything else, I mean the we we keep coming back to the uh, probably the biggest flop in VR, AR, which was Google Glass. And it, I mean, for a limited edition experimental thing, yeah, even it, it certainly didn't set the world on fire. But the thing is, uh, Google did develop a lot of technologies with it that informed a lot of future products. So even if it does, even if they are, these things are really, really cool, uh, cool collectors things that wind up like uh, <laughs> 10 years from now, uh, uh, Alpha hardware is going to wind up on eBay say, hey, here's their unreleased, uh, unreleased headset. They will probably have had, the the fact that they now have all these resources for building uh, software experiences for their developers they can develop Apple software that will work with future VR AR headsets that maybe Apple doesn't make or all the stuff that they can roll into their own hardware and software for doing some of the cool things that that Alex keeps talking about like again capturing things from the real world and integrating real world into virtual uh, virtual worlds it's going to pay off and app and Apple Apple can afford it it's a it's a don't I mean the last thing I'll say is that we make fun of the 6,000 thousand dollar star wars uh, super liner experience at disney there are people who can afford it it doesn't have to be awesome
0: if those people like it that's going to be fine too all right let's take a little break there's still much more to talk about andy anako wgbh boston and points north also uh, inako.com. they keep begging me to ask you about the website (sighs) I know. I know. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to bug you about it.
1: Well, they're they're they they are very correct. It is later than I wanted to be, but it will again. I I I'm like I'm like Apple developing augmented reality. I want to I want to invest in infrastructure that can pay off for years you to come, to not for right. months to come. Yes. Exactly. Yes.
0: All right. <laughs> I asked him. Okay. I asked him. Uh, Alex Lindsay office hours dot Global, always uh, fascinating stuff going on over there. You're, you, you, uh, you've changed your set a little bit, and then in your microphone. Are you on? Uh, what do you think?
3: Well, so the microphone the is because I'm not quite done yet. No, no, I'm at home. I so there used to be a gray screen. What I did is I spun the whole thing around. So now you're seeing my shelves. I, I like did. it. I
0: like the oscilloscope and the
3: yeah, you it's know, cool. It's Courtney. Court. Oh, sorry. It's the uh, Courtney Gooden uh, had a oscilloscope Because he hey, do you want to put one back there? I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's a really good look. Oh, it doesn't do so, anything. Yeah.
0: It just looks. It's just there for looks. It's, just, it's,
3: just, it's, it's pretty old. It's. It's. I think he said it still works. I haven't tried. To plug I it really in yet, love but how it I've works. I've got. I uh, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, but I didn't get all my blankets up yet. And wow, is my room live without them? So I'm working <laughs> on that a little bit. Oh, so use an SM58 or
0: something <laughs> like that to to
3: get the. Get to knock it out, yeah. yeah. But once I get that fixed, though, I'll, I'll be back to a regular one. And, you the, know, uh, <laughs>
1: I think the, <laughs> the Lindsay's be- got a gazebo in their yard. The li- Ports have to get a gazebo in their yard. Then the, lo- the Ports put a fire pit. And then now the Lindsay's have to have a fire pit. Yeah, yeah. Where does well, it end?
0: Uh, I just, I th- I'm th- just th- going to th- say this oscilloscope escalation has got to stop here. Well, <laughs>
3: you should see, I've got, I've got old PBWs that
0: are going Yours here. Yours know, Big old though,
3: beta I- cams. <laughs> uh, I got, uh, so just just in case, I, I'm, and I'm trying to get some stuff that'll have some lights in back there and, and everything else. So I'm, I'm still, you'll see the background here evolve. Every week you'll see like, oh, I got a couple, um,
0: I got a, I got I a like bunch it. of, the-
3: I like how yeah. it looks.
0: I think yeah. it looks great. Good, thank and you. And honestly, the sound is not any, as far as I could tell, any different. So I think it's fine. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So go back to my $58. I like, $58 it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Stick with it. the 58. Uh, and of course, Jason Snell, who has all along had everything but an oscilloscope, He's got every Mac behind
2: him. All of those Macs behind me work. They will boot up at a Ooh. moment's notice. And uh, there's also a Lego Magnum PI back there and an Oski the Bear bobblehead. because oh, it's, I see it. I mean, he, Oski's always back there, but it's big game week. So go Bears beat Stanford. Oski That's my the Bear.
0: <laughs> and I got to tell you, you got to send somebody downstairs to turn on the lava lamp uh, long enough beforehand so it actually is moving. It takes a while for that.
2: It's moving. It, it's it? moving. There's a big blob right oh, there. It is. There, it goes. there
0: it goes. Yeah, oh, this is it's, exciting.
2: It's doing its thing. Yeah, this is great for the people listening to the podcast yeah, on I audio. Know.
0: I by know. Way. I
2: know. They uh, love it. The, I love
0: that. They story. love it when we talk about
2: Imagine things. a lava lamp, everybody. <laughs>
0: See, it's in their head. And I have a massive oscilloscope yeah. behind me. It's, it's the just, lava it's, lamp of the mind. In it's uh-huh. in the, the lava lamp of the mind. Show title. <laughs> <laughs> Our show today brought to you by Policy Genius. I remember, I very re- vividly remember when I decided I had to get life insurance. The kids were little. I'm thinking I got college ahead of us. Uh, you know, I got, I got a f- full family now. I've got a real responsibility. I think I better have life insurance. And then when we started Twit, Same thing happened. We got a key man policy because, you know, if something should happen to me, uh, you know, we'd need need to hire somebody, I guess. (laughs) So we actually have a pretty good key man policy. Life insurance. You hope you never need life insurance. The problem is mortgage payments and child care and other expenses don't disappear if something happens to you, right? Now, you may say, oh, no, it's okay. I'm cool, man. I've got life insurance for my my job. But you got to look at that because... It's often a very scant amount, barely enough for your family's needs. And if you leave your job, will it follow you? No, of course not. Now, I got to tell you another fact I learned. Life insurance gets more expensive as you get older, harder to get as you get older. There is no better time. The best time to buy life insurance was 10 years ago. The next best time is right now. Right now. Policy genius is the way to do it. It will give you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family at the right price. Policy Genius was actually created to modernize the life insurance industry. They saw a real gap here because you'll go to normally you'll go to a company and they'll tell you what the cost is and you say, OK, but that's not the best way to shop. With Policy Genius, you can compare life insurance quotes from the best companies, AIG and Prudential and just a few and others in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Which means, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just seventeen dollars a month for half a million dollars of coverage. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week. And avoid unnecessary medical exams. But let me tell you, these licensed agents do not work for the insurance companies. They're working on your behalf, which is really great. The law requires they be licensed agents, but that's good. That means they're, they're, they've taken the exams. They have the expertise to advise you. They don't have any incentive to recommend one insurer over another. No, it doesn't work that way. You can trust their guidance. They're there to help. And, by the way, there are no added fees. Of course, your personal info is absolutely private. This is why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. It really works. By the way, I should mention, while you're there, Policy Genius has quotes for home, auto, pet, renters, more. I mean, it makes it very easy to get insurance in all different areas. But I I think it's good to focus on life insurance right now, because I think it's something you've probably been thinking you should do. You know you should do. Maybe you haven't done it yet. And your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com slash MacBreak. Or if you go to uh, the MacBreak website, twit.tv slash mbw, there's a link right there on the show page. Click that. You'll get your free life insurance quotes, and you can see how much you could save. PolicyGenius. That's policygenius.com slash MacBreak. We thank them for their support of MacBreak Weekly, and you support us when you go to policygenius.com slash MacBreak. I'm feeling a little, uh, John. I mean, I feel like my oscilloscope just isn't as nice as, uh, <laughs> as Alex's. It's probably—is it a working? Where do we get it? Yeah, you got a good one, Alex. That's a—that looks like you could like like the eye of mortar. Like you could, you could, <laughs> you could see. It's like a palantir. You could see what Sauron's what, oscilloscope. Yes, the oscilloscope yes. of Sauron. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, have you ever played with those, there are they're, they're people who create like actual like audio music files that when put through an oscilloscope as a vector scope, actually do like animation, like really like wire, for, like incredible wire. For, and it's just music. It's just the sound. And it doesn't sound like static. It's like,
0: boom, it's like electronica music. I'll, I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can put a put a link in the show I notes. I you think Technical early, uh, early video games, Asteroids was a vector graphics. I bet you, and I know Space Wars. Basically, was on an oscilloscope. That's basically what they were doing: was creating an electric oh, pattern to make the game. Right? They're vector graphics. So, I yeah, by the way,
2: Sauron's, thought... Sauron's oscilloscope. Bad vibes, only. <laughs> <laughs> bad vibes
0: only. If it's music, it's bad music. Did you find it, Andy? Put it in the yeah. Uh... I'm, pa- I'm, I'm I'm pasting it at the bottom. Okay, good. It's uh, you'll have to
1: skip forward. I'll give you I'll give you a timestamp. This is Techmoan's uh, uh, video about it. Neat. Uh,
0: Neat, Oh, I see. And you can,
1: and you can actually, you, you, if you don't have a tech, if you don't have an oscilloscope, you can just play them like with a, of course, a te- an oscilloscope uh, simulator. That's cool. Tech mode. What what uh, timestamp should I? Uh... I'm gonna look for it. It'll be near the end. The, the first, the first half is is him like buying a used oscilloscope that will actually work. Oh, I got it. Here we go. We the-
0: oh, this is yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, those are electrical signals that that are Good are sound.
2: now. You don't have to go to the trouble of buying an oscilloscope to see these. I've only played just short snippets of a few. Well, this is very so cool. Got oh look,
0: breaker. see there that's you go, vector bicycle. graphics. Here I'll turn off the sound.
2: Yeah, that's basically right. Battlezone right there. Yeah, yeah. Battlezone <laughs> was vector
0: graphics. Asteroids was vector graphics.
1: Yeah. Go to like eight thirty there's like a, a bicyclist going past <laughs> a bicycle bicyclist going past a mountain range there's uh, yeah, a that's cool. uh, there's like a, a 3d globe that's actually rotating and it's like oh look a butterfly flapping its wings going through a field of mushrooms how do you figure out how to make noises that no will generate that? yeah like yeah. it's 32 it's like oh my goodness yeah. anyway
0: that's very cool all right alex you have an assignment now all right all right i'll, I'll work on getting <laughs> someone in there we'll, we'll, we'll i'll cut to a video of it and we'll just
3: uh <laughs> so I'll, I'll figure. I'll figure. I'll, I'll start working on it. Yeah, it's just one you know more thing. You'll have you have it back I, there I, in the corner. You'll just see this little green like. It'd be awesome. It'd be
1: awesome. I, 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 this is why I love and I hate Tecmo's channel because we'll do a video like this and suddenly I've added like Tektronix 760A vector scope to my eBay like search <laughs> listings. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, new iOS beta uh, scratches the itch some uh, have uh, experienced over the. Always on display, iOS 16.2 beta includes toggles that let you hide the wallpaper and notifications. Have you played with this, Jason? This is a report from Mac Rumors at well, nine to five. You know,
2: I haven't. I haven't played with that yet. Although this is so the idea here is that uh, people, some people said they'd like their always on screen to be a little more like low key yeah. that they don't like having all that extra stuff like the images and all that. And they want it to be a much sort of like more staid thing. So it sounds like Apple is working on ways to let you tweak that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Nilay Patel in his review of the uh, iPhone said, I, I'd prefer a pixel style black and white clock. Yeah. I don't have my pixel with me, but it's a, it is a much more subdued. I actually really like the, uh, the Apple always on. In fact, once you showed me how I could do a slideshow so that every time I tap it, I have a different picture of my yeah, wife. Isn't it great? I love that.
2: But it, it's. It, I think this is exactly what these early dot releases uh, of iOS are for, which yeah. is Apple introduces a big new feature. And then, I mean, they get the feedback, but they've also probably got a list of like things they could do next. And some of that feedback comes in and they're like, all right, maybe we prioritize that because you know we had people on our team also arguing that right. uh, they, they like the more subdued. And I think it's just a personal preference thing. I love having those pictures there, but I totally get why you might be like, uncomfortable and would prefer it to be as low-key as possible.
0: Uh, Change coming to iOS 16.1.1, which makes sense from a security point of view. Uh, Airdrop, if you set it to everyone, that everyone option gets turned off in 10 minutes. It's already in China, and I think there is some speculation that's because people were using Airdrop in China uh, to send... Uh, you know, images stuff that the government doesn't stuff not want the government. There yeah. you go, stuff the government. Attractable, does not want untraceable, to have. anonymous. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, the everyone option means anyone who can is in range of your iPhone can send you uh, something. And for security reasons, it's probably a good idea to have yeah. it turn off. But uh, the change that Apple's making cannot be disabled in China. Uh, it's in sixteen one one and sixteen two beta two. Um. And if you have an iPhone purchased in mainland China, uh, you cannot uh, disable that. It will, it will turn itself off after 10 minutes. Probably. Yeah. Is, it, is it reasonable to speculate? This is something the Chinese government asked Apple to do. They've done other things like this. You can't see the Chinese flag emoji on yeah. iPhones sold in
1: China. I can't imagine that they would have thought this as a security and privacy enhancement for iPhone users without rolling either A rolling that out worldwide or B B just making it an option. And it and it actually is an interesting option. I would I would it would be a nice option if you could simply say by the way by default we don't think that it's a good idea to have uh, accept airdrop from everybody I think on all the time. Yeah. So unless you flip the switch, it will automatically time out after 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that they decided this would be just a random good place to test
0: out this feature. <laughs> yeah. This is what it looks like according to 9 to 5 Mac uh, in the airdrop settings. You could turn on everyone for 10 minutes, and it says explicitly for 10 minutes. Uh, I think that's probably smart. Honestly, yeah. I don't think that's. And, right. and also, at,
1: at, you know, at, no matter no matter how this originated, uh, if I were if, if I were working, if I were a citizen of a government like China, I might be concerned about, oh, there is something that is on my phone right now that I didn't ask for. That could be a very, very big trouble if I'm crossing a border and it's discovered that this is in my camera roll or this was transmitted to me. How did I, <laughs> I, I would be I would be very nervous about that. So, yeah, it's. There's a lot to unpack here, but it's not. It's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that it's a bad thing to have on a phone just in general.
0: Uh, Today, Apple enables that satellite emergency SOS feature. Good piece in a on a website called DC Rainmaker, uh, talking about how it works. And, of course, the only way that you can test it, because, you know, you're going to call emergency services, is to somehow work with Apple. We were speculating about that when they announced it, and, in fact, that's exactly uh, what happened here. The test was coordinated with Apple, Uh, DC Rainmaker says. Specifically, they knew not to send rescuers to my location, but everything else is as is, leveraging the real satellite system for communications. So the first thing you have to do is dial 911. He says, the reason is because dialing 911 on an iPhone actually does some interesting stuff in the background. Unlike a normal call to your friends, it elevates the phone to go beyond your carrier's cell towers. Right. And and we know that because if you don't have a SIM in there, emergency phone calls are still available. And that's by law.
2: So, right, so if you if you think you have no service, but it turns out that you are on yeah. Verizon and you can see an AT and T tower, dialing nine one one will get you a call because it will use the other carrier to make the emergency call. Any, any and then if it can't find nearby. anything, right. then it's satellite time.
0: So if yeah. if you can't see a tower, you'll see no connection. Try emergency test uh, text via satellite in big red letters. You can see it here in the in the image. And there's a new uh, screen that confirms you want to trigger a satellite emergency. Be outside to get a connection. Messages will take longer to send, answer questions to help get a faster response. And then it helps you aim. So the first thing you'll get is a menu that says, what's the emergency? Car, vehicle issues, sickness or injury, crime, lost or trapped, fire. Then you specify who needs help, me, someone else, multiple people. They ask, are you breathing normally or with difficulty? Then it says, what kind of emergency? Chest pain, traumatic injury, sickness, stroke, drowning, other. Wow. And the reason they yeah. do this is because they can send this information as just a set of bits. So it's yeah. much faster right. than than you'd saying, I can't breathe. Uh, they can get all that information in just a few bits. Yeah. And, have, having an, and having an having
1: an instantaneous two way conversation is not optimal no. for this method. Yeah. So, and the, and that's that. It just it speaks of all the infrastructure they put in. It's not just simply, hey, we'll make a phone call to nine one one. It is no, your your emergency your emergency pulse goes out to a receiver that is set up to actually receive an Apple uh, satellite SOS. Unpack it. It can it, it can send questions back to you, but is really set up to make you very very to, to help you uh, no matter what happens. You're, you're not you're not you're not you're You're not going to be uh, reaching a local nine one one dispatcher who has never talked to, never dealt with uh, iPhones SOS before. Right? Uh, It's 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 a it's a very well thought out thing. I uh, during my I, I I was surprised to find out, for instance, that there aren't any. Uh, there aren't any uh, battery level requirements for this to happen. That it is the the idea is that if there is enough battery for you to light up the phone and dial nine one one, there is enough battery life to initiate an emerge a satellite uh, emergency call. So that I, I when I saw the announcement, I was anticipating that. oh but that's they're gonna have to. I bet they're gonna have to turn the radios way up to get a signal. I bet this is gonna be really costly. And if you've got less than let's say. 4%, 5% battery is just not going to be a, a starter. But nope, it's, if you expect it to work, it's
0: as you can expect it to work. By the way, I think it's really interesting that Apple worked with this particular blogger uh, to do the demo. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's a
2: hiker, I want to say, kind of like an extreme he's a, he's sports an extreme guy. Sports I think he guy, wrote about bikes, the Apple swims. Watch Ultra yeah, too, yeah. right? So this is somebody who's like a, a an expert in this in a way that i mean Let's face it, most tech journalists are not.
0: I like it. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it shouldn't always be Neil Patel testing everything.
2: Right. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, by the way, if you want to try this, you actually there is a demo of this that they because they know people want to try it. So if yeah. you go in, yeah. it, it, it's in settings emergency SOS and you scroll down and there's a try demo option that will actually yeah. let you say, yes, I'm seeing the satellite and I would send a message. And so you can feel like eh, it actually works. And I tried it without actually calling for help. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. That, also, that's, if you want to, super. you can do, you can do find my, and and if you're somewhere where you're not getting a signal, you can send your location via find my, and that's also allowed by probably yeah. worth
0: everybody uh, spending some time actually in that emergency SOS uh, section of the iphone because you know lisa told me oh look i can put my uh, contact info oh, she shouldn't show that but i could put my contact information uh in there uh in my phone so it'll work in the lock screen i said yeah that's 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 been forever but she didn't know about yeah. it so that's good this is right. this is an opportune moment to do that let's do the try demo here and it'll show you about satellite connection it gives walks you through this whole process i was just describing but what it doesn't do is what uh, dc rainmaker finally did which was he got to the satellite pointing screen uh there are uh he says you don't need to wave your show, show my screen if you would you don't need to wave your phone above your head or anything else just keep your phone flat like you'd be scrolling instagram you rotate your body or phone until it shows green he says it took about 20 seconds he's out in the woods uh, somewhere um, he says, what you'll find out while you're having an emergency <laughs> is that the 24 <laughs> satellites slowly move over the course of a couple of minutes, so you may be facing one direction when you start facing another a few minutes later. So be aware of that, and then it'll send that message with all the things that you uh, you put in, and you'll see this status keep pointing at the satellite to send and receive. The Emergency re- Relay Center responded within a few seconds of the message sending, which took about 30 seconds, asking for more information about my location and situation. It says, you've searched, I'm sorry, you've reached the Emergency Relay Center. I'm reviewing the information you provided. Describe the location of the emergency. So, what? Well, this is really, you know, good job, Apple. I mean, yeah. really amazing that they, a lot of work, and by the way, a lot of money, almost half a billion dollars. Uh, to yeah. support the satellites uh, to make this possible, so yeah,
1: really. Cool. If there was any criticism early on, said, "Oh, well, Apple's." Of course, we're not going to see this on other phones because Apple's bought out eighty to ninety percent of the capabilities. said, well, no, they haven't like unfairly made, given themselves monopoly. They have put the money in to make this thing exist. So yes, this is arguably their 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 feature. I, I hope I hope, it, I hope we start to see this on other phones. But yeah, Apple is definitely this is this is not something that is necessarily going to sell more this is this is not going to be the sort of thing that gets gets people to rush out and buy a new new iPhone but it is something that absolutely is on brand for what they think the iPhone should be able to do and this is such a significant investment of not just money but time intellectual resources everything to make this work and boy and boy if if we thought we if we thought that the that apple was was showing like harrowing videos about i lost my left arm then my right arm fortunately i could activate my apple watch with my nose and if oh boy we're gonna see some harrowing videos of the next wwdc
0: or the next event for sure And uh, as DC Rainmaker points out, there are other devices, anybody who does extreme hiking or wilderness hiking, there's a Garmin inReach, as a spot tracker, which is designed to do this and probably will do a better job. He says... For sure. Apple says the main limitation here is the antenna to satellite connection is not as strong as dedicated satellite devices. So trees will impact it more, the heavier the foliage... The slower the service, same for mountains, even hills.
2: If if you're a wilderness adventurer, you should probably buy a dedicated device, and I know a lot of people do that, and you you pay for the device, and there's a subscription, and sometimes you can turn it on for the season and then turn it back off again. This is really for people who are just regular people with an iPhone who end up in a you know they're driving over a mountain pass or something and they get in a car accident or they get lost when they're hiking but it's just a you know they're not extreme adventurers and they end up in a bad situation and 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 you've got your iphone with you right because why wouldn't you and those are the people that this is going to save the other thing he points out is you can also use this to let friends
0: and family know where you are not in an emergency situation let's
2: find my There's a me tab in Find My. And if you don't have any visible networks, it will let you send a Find My location update via satellite. Um, So imagine if you're, yeah, if you're out somewhere and you want to let, you know you're going to be out of cellular range, but you want to let your family know where you are, you can do that. And it's not an emergency. And it will just save that location. It'll send it up to the satellite. And then when somebody looks at your location, they'll say, you know, an hour ago they were at this remote location via satellite.
0: And you'll do yeah. the same aiming and and all of that. It is not automatically updated though. You'll have to do it manually. Yeah. Uh, each time. And, and you yeah, don't but have that's to get pretty cool, right? Get... If you're camping or something, Absolutely, yeah. right? Absolutely.
3: Yeah. I mean, you get you're if you're on the one and you're a little north of Jenner, you're off the grid, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and so it's, it's easy to yeah, get. It off really the doesn't grid. take much to yeah. be. Yeah. It's 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 really useful.
0: Uh, yeah. You. There is a list of predefined messages that you can send. Oh no. I'm sorry, he says there's no option to add any informational content. He's asking for some predefined messages for this application uh, as well, um, and as do some of the other devices like the Spot.
2: Right. So It's a f- 1.0, right? I-, I would not be surprised if Apple offers more customization later, and I also wouldn't be surprised if there is a I mean, they've said it's free for, what, two years or something like that. Like, there's probably a subscription option somewhere in here, and I wonder if that might be something that if you pay a little extra, they will let you send text messages, for example, Uh, via satellite, arbitrarily down the road, because they're trying to keep this to just the emergency use.
0: He says, when I go hiking in no-cell areas, I'm still going to take my Garmin and Reach device, and he recommends that. But here's an interesting paragraph. I suspect in five to 10 years or even 20 years, this will become one of the most pivotal points in the history of not just the iphone but apple it can't be overstated how big a deal this is over time this will basically put satellite emergency response in the pocket of everybody with an iphone uh undoubtedly uh others will do this from other carriers but the apple solution is real it's here today and uh, with the first international expansion plans already set for next month yeah
1: I mean, I, I wasn't joking earlier about. Uh, okay, I was joking. We're talking about the new, the the, the new. Oh, here was the situation I was in, in which my iPhone helped me. But the the thing is, like uh, here in New England, every single every every month, there are more stories about how someone from a Boston College or a New Hampshire College decided, "Hey, we got the afternoon off, and with such a beautiful day, let's go hiking up into the White Mountains with sneakers, and we've got a couple power bars, and we bought it we we bought a a sixteen ounce bottle of Diet Coke, and that, that'll do us, and then." They, they have all the energy to get three quarters of the way up the mountain, not knowing that, by the way, the weather up on the side of the mountain is nothing like what it's like at the base of the mountain. And you have to know how, where you're going to. And these are, these are the people who are not going to have those, those specially built uh, devices that uh, Jason talks about. These are the people who are going to have an iPhone and are going to say, yeah. Let's try that emergency nine one one because it's been a day and a half, and now I'm seeing the seeing the grim specter of death beckoning before moving above above the next ridge. Perhaps we should get some help.
0: Yes. So, thank you, Ray, the DC rainmaker, for that uh, really good, very competent review. Yes. It's great, and he got Apple to uh, to uh, work <sighs> with him on that. So it's really really good. Berkshire Hathaway believes in the future of TSMC. They just bought $4.1 billion worth of TSMC shares. Of course, TSMC makes uh, the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, makes chips for a lot of companies. But Apple is the big customer. All the iPhone chips are, uh, all the iPhone CPUs are TSMC. Uh, All those A-series chips. Are all the M1 chips also? I guess so. The M-series TSMC, yeah. yeah, so TSMC, that's it, baby.
2: And- I mean, they're the they're the cutting edge of chip manufacturing right now. They're right. the ones who are pushing it down into smaller and smaller die sizes, and like that, that's a that's a company. I, I think the only real fear with TSMC in the short term is they're in Taiwan, and the, you know China is right. a variable there. But they are trying to build fabs in other places. I think they've got a a deal to build um, a fab or fabs in the U.S. as a part of the you know the the in- incentives that the u.s government has been getting and also i think there's this goal to not have all the eggs be in taiwan but Mm -hmm. but yeah they're they're that's a good investment i'm not a, am not an investment (laughs) analyst but like i see berkshire hathaway going in there i'm like yeah i mean geez, they are uh, the leader. They're the the new Intel, essentially. Well, and, and, and Buffett is,
0: Berkshire Hathaway is one of the largest, if not the largest Apple shareholders as well. Yes, so it's a way absolutely. you can buy more Apple stock in effect, right? <laughs> you know, increase your uh, your hedging on uh, an Apple by I mean, buying his, TSMC.
2: His exposure, if something bad happens with China, is pretty great at this point, yeah, but uh, yeah. he must feel confident, confident enough, yeah.
0: Well, and I think he also uh, probably does look at their roadmap and say uh, says that they're not going to be as dependent on uh, China uh, not invading Taiwan going forward. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, did you get the new Apple TV, Jason? I think you did. I did. I did. did. And then I, I got, got it to last set it week up, and I didn't get
2: to talk. About, I didn't think to talk about it because it's so much like the old one. But you've got a big, long uh, article. Yeah, it. well, the pro- so the problem, I mean, yeah, it is like the old one. It's a faster processor. And so everything is a little more responsive. It's a little and, smaller. You know, yay. It's got the and new remote, sp- which smaller I think is and lighter. a
0: big improvement.
2: It's got it's got the new remote with the and it's USB charging now, so I don't need a lightning charger out in my Love living room. That. But the big thing that struck out struck me was Uh, You know, in the last five years, Apple has really made great strides in making buying a new Mac or an iPhone or an iPad better where, you know, you bring it close and it does a little thing and it takes a picture of the screen and it transfers your data and it is, you know, it sets off this transfer process. And it used to be real frustrating to get a new iPhone and it's not anymore. No. Well, let me tell you. The Apple TV is not like that. The Apple TV, you bring your phone close to it and it will le- let you log in with your Apple ID. And if you've got the shared, the one home screen feature turned on, it knows where your apps are supposed to be on the screen. But it doesn't restore or save or sync any data. And nor is there any support on the device for iCloud Keychain. So what you end up with, like me last week, when you get a new Apple TV is do you subscribe to 10 streaming services or apps with logins. Well, guess what? You are going to have to sit <laughs> um, down yeah, and I, I did this. I did this uh, two hours before we were leaving for the weekend and we had a house sitter coming and, and she loves our HBO max. Right. Oh, and boy. I'm like, Oh no. And I had to sit there for half an hour and log into every single app. And every app has a different case. Some of them have you scan a QR code or go to a website. Some of you want to input a password and yeah, if you're using your iPhone to input the password, you can do iCloud Keychain or 1Password from your iPhone. So some of them, it sort of works okay, sometimes inconsistently, but sometimes it works. Others, you've got to go to websites. And like my previous Apple TV knew all of my accounts. Right. And I just feel like this is one of those areas where Apple needs to get with a program and do for the Apple TV what it did for all of its other devices, because buying a new Apple product and saying, yeah, yeah, I am going to update my Apple TV. I don't need to, but I need an extra one. And so why not get the new one? What, the last thing you want is a roadblock where you're like, yeah, but I don't really want to log into everything again. So well, I just and- won't buy it.
3: And that's when like for, for me, the Apple TV is the argument of why I don't want the app store opened is I don't want I don't want to have multiple ways to pay for things. I don't want to because I literally have the not the new Apple TV. I have the last generation sitting next to the current Apple TV because I, I was like, I I didn't want to do it, Jason. I, I opened it up and I was oh. like and and I I I plugged it in and I went to the first app and I was like well, screw this. And I just put the other one back. (laughs) I'll I'll get get to that later. I was just like... I
2: get that authenticating with web services um, uh, for disparate partners is hard. Like, I totally get it. But like, how about an effort to do something like... Uh, you know, saving it on device and, and working with the partners I, so that there's a way to save a token that identifies you or validates in a in the same way for every single app. I don't think for the every partners
0: want that because I noticed, for instance, yeah. I have to log into Showtime every three weeks now on my Apple TV. And I think the partners right. are so afraid of right. getting the uh, stolen, you know, the, the shared account that
2: sure, they make but you do I mean, that. Even, it's very even annoying. Rem- remembering who I am and having me validate in some way that's consistent would be better than nothing. I have
0: to fire or, my laptop every time for Showtime and go to Showtime anytime. Well, that's... Slash that, They're very bad. And they should, And they
2: should feel bad. And I, th- and, th- and I think also, it's
0: them that make Apple do this. Did you... Ha- did you, you... didn't? I don't remember, but I don't think I had to tell it who my cable provider was again, though, right? It did copy that. Provider. That's my problem is I don't... But at least it was so able that- to do that with Xfinity so that... Because a lot of that stuff's through Xfinity. No, no, it
2: it forgot it didn't know my provider and it didn't Didn't. know my permission settings. So then it asked for every app that wanted to pair and and look at my FUBO TV login. Yeah. I had to approve them again because it didn't remember any of that. It didn't remember my sync frame rate, yeah. sync HDR, display preferences. It remembered absolutely nothing. So all it got was other your than Apple my Apple ID. ID. That was it. And the, and, the, and the home screen sync, which is better than, I mean, imagine if you had to download every app oh, and no, put it yeah. back where you wanted. Like, at least it does that, but that's literally all it does. And it needs, it just needs to do more. And And, you know, and I had somebody write in and say, You know, what bothers me is that you can log in multiple people with multiple Apple IDs to an Apple TV now, but that none of the apps support Uh. pairing those with profiles. And that's true. That's not as I mean, it's sort of on Apple, but really there is an API to do that. It's just that no app developer seems to care. So like HBO, I believe, could say, oh, you are logged in as Jason's wife, so I'm going to use your profile. It doesn't do that. It asks you, Disney asks you, all of them just ask uh, who's watching now. So I don't know. It just, it could be better. And (laughs) I hadn't set up a new Apple TV in a while. And I I think what the real story is that Apple has raised the bar on upgrading other devices so much in the last few years, because it used to be really bad. And now it's pretty good. But then you get the Apple TV and you're like, it's like the the product that time forgot. Like it's just back in the old (laughs) bad days and they haven't put any effort into making it better.
3: And again, I think that it, it came to that they didn't have a lot of leverage when they started the Apple TV and they were desperate to have the right. content providers play. And so they, they capitulated to them and now we're paying for it. And that's why yeah, but, I, 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 I don't think they should capitulate. But iCloud at all,
2: keychain is ever. a perfect example, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you could save your passwords for all those services on the mm-hmm. Apple TV, right? Or sync with iCloud. And it's just like, no, you can do it for some of them. If they let you do an input instead of going to a web page and you can do it on your phone, right? You can use your password manager on your phone and I to think either log in on the web or not. But it's not the same as just being able to sit there and go, yes, log me into Disney.
3: And it's so it's so obvious that I feel like there's something there from the folks that have the apps that don't I don't know. You know, I, I think that it's more than just them making it easy because I think if they make it easy, then it's I don't I don't know. I mean, it just it just seems so insane, you know, and and it is and again, what what ha- what has happened to me, what's currently happening now is that I have one that I bought right when it came out and it's still sitting there because I just was like, oh my gosh, I have so I many apps. Now I'm slowly just clipping the apps. <laughs> so I go, if an app has an external, if it doesn't say restore, um, and the worst one is Masterclass, by the way. Masterclass, what I, what I, the payoff for me, as soon as Masterclass was available, I got excited. I went and bought the one year subscription right through the Apple, um, you know, in the apple ecosystem because that's how masterclass started now masterclass wants a email and i'm like i don't have one <laughs> like, like I, I don't have an email <laughs> because i bought it as oh, a user right. inside of the thing and they're like well you just got to put your email in i'm like i don't have an email like i don't like i bought it and i paid for it and i haven't been able to use it on any of my devices oh how and after frustrating. two years after two years of paying, i don't know 300 bucks or whatever i was like Yeah, the heck with this. I I literally, because I would go up and I'd get it. I'd go back and forth with support and it'd be enough for me to think maybe I can figure this out. (laughs) And and then I just was like, I can't figure this out. So I I don't use, like I think Masterclass is one of the best things ever. And I don't use it because of their, you know, they they change the system midstream and just basically you don't exist you know, if you if you are an early adopter through the Apple system, it's as if you didn't exist.
0: That and always makes me nervous, though, when I use Apple to <laughs> sign up for something. I love the subscriptions, the ability to cancel them, and all that stuff, but I'm always nervous because I don't have a real login. And a lot of well, I've a gotten, lot of right? sites will, masterclass- will have a way around that to say, "Oh, you you know, you signed up with Apple. Why don't you give us a
3: password and a login?" Well, the funny thing is, the masterclass made me so angry that now I sign up for things and then I just I go right to my subscriptions and I say cancel, <laughs> and it says you'll you're gonna cancel and then a month from now or a year from now whatever right. my subscription is and I'm like yeah and you'll send me emails and tell me that I'm can that I, that it's gonna get canceled and then if I if I'm using it
0: that's when you I get will the go password. and turn it back
3: on oh. but no no oh, I'll that's turn smart. It back on again uh, so I buy everything and and I won't buy anything new that requires a login smart. like I have all the content I will not. On Apple TV, there is no amount of content that you could provide for me that I would log into. I have Disney, Netflix, HBO, Apple TV. I don't care about anybody else. Like if I can't log in, as soon as it says I want a your email and password, I go, Nope, I'm not gonna buy that anymore. <laughs> like I just I just walk away because I I have like I have plenty of content to watch. And you don't and, and this is where Apple needed to get is as a user, I don't as if you're a content provider. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> you know, like I don't need, I don't, I have all the content that I, that I need. There's like Paramount. I don't, I don't, I'm, Paramount I did, did subscribe to because it was, I could do it inside of the app. So, so, but then I canceled <laughs> it because there wasn't enough content. Yeah. 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 but it, but isn't Apple TV is such a unique thing
1: for uh, for Apple where it's probably the only product where they can't just tell people to go pound sand because if they say right. youtube we're concerned about your data collection here are new requirements and Apple and Google could say huh okay well enjoy, enjoy not having YouTube the, the one one of the like the four apps that everybody expects to have on every single streaming platform we'll, we'll, we'll be at the well, bagel place across the street if you if you want to talk if you change your mind and want to talk about this.
3: And I will say, YouTube and YouTube TV are like that's like seventy percent of our diet at the house. Yeah,
1: exactly. So yeah, honestly, every you know, I I am in the position now where it's like. Uh, it just uh, I, Netflix and Hulu and a couple other channels are like I buy I have Netflix for that two or three times a month where I don't know I want to relax and watch something I wonder if there's something interesting on Netflix as opposed to oh I'm so excited about this new thing that's on Netflix and I and beca- all of these other paid services are so vulnerable because I mean you just, ta- you just heard me talk about like, I can immediately recall a, a video on tech uh, that Techmo published that I love that it's uh, immediately at the, at the forefront of my brain because I spend so much of my time I'm just watching stuff on YouTube instead of like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 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 Disney I'm so glad you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars acquiring licenses and developing TV shows but you've realized that you are competing against somebody who's going to try to com- try to to crush uh crush a bowling ball with a hydraulic press
3: and you're often failing to compete with that guy. <laughs> I mean the funny thing is for Disney and now HBO they just have a new thing out on for um, Game of Thrones like the behind the scenes of how it got made. Right. The, the I like the I like the dis I've really gotten to the point where I enjoy the behind the scenes from Disney more than the shows. Like I just I just yeah. want you know I know that I'm vertical, but but it's like I and a lot of people I know are like oh well you can't you can't drop your Disney subscription because they've got all those behind the scenes. And we're Smart, like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good,
1: it's it's,
3: good it's, it's, I'm, it's, I've gotten bored. I've gotten bored of most of their their yeah. stuff. Like it's too much.
1: You know, it's it's. I won't turn this into a long rat hole. I'll I'll just say that I, I came to a I finally came up the way of explaining to myself and understanding what it is that kind of makes me uncomfortable about uh, about Disney that it really is like going into a casino. Because you feel as though every, I'm paying you a certain, I'm paying you like 10 bucks a month for Disney, for Disney Plus, but every piece of content is there not to say, oh, here's something from another studio. Oh, here's a documentary about something completely unrelated to anything that Disney has any monetary interest in. It's, no, it's like, we want you to stay in there and gamble. Oh, you want to eat? We, we have a fine selection of restaurants inside our casino. Oh, why don't you take, oh, why don't you take a break from gambling? Go and see Penn & Teller inside our casino. It's like, it's, I would love to to see them have like a third party do here is some here is, here is why it kind of stinks to have to do special effects for Disney's for, for Disney productions or here is how difficult, it, here's how difficult it was to make this movie that Disney has no stake in it's it's uh, that's it, it should it, it shouldn't make a difference because the content is the content the shows and the movies they're the shows and the movies but there's something well, that just makes me I, feel I, like ugh, I, I was really gonna the let scene, them so. market to
0: me again yeah. have you guys watched Andor yet i thought it was great yes all the reviews yes, yes, are very yes, positive yes, yes, yes
2: it is spectacularly good so good i think in maybe in part because it's more like a historical drama that happens to be set in a star ah, wars place like instead of a an earth mm-hmm. place but it's not about i mean it's it's really this kind of interesting anti-fascist rise of the rebellion spy story it's 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 excellent it's so
0: good that's actually like, really smart yeah. Don't make it a Star Wars story. Just make it in the Star Wars universe.
2: Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's got a couple of characters you've seen in other places, mostly that Rogue One movie that came mm -hmm. out a few years ago, which was also kind of similar in the tone. Uh, It takes its time. It's actually, it feels to me like it's four movies. Kind of stuck together, they, so some of the episodes just kind of end because it's the middle of the movie, and they and and so the way it's chopped up episode by episode is a little bit weird. But the overall story, I mean, I I think it's the best bit of Star Wars that's been done since. A lot Empire of people Switch are down. saying
3: that. Okay, now I'm gonna have yeah. to watch. Yeah, except it. it's real good. Yeah, I, mean, I would say like since Rogue and One for since Rogue, One, since Rogue One. Since Rogue One. Yeah, I mean yeah. that would be yeah, the I other way Rogue to
2: go. Man. Yeah, right. Like yeah, Rogue it is. It, it's good. It's, I liked Rogue it's, One. It's it's a legitimate. It's a legitimate excellent modern streaming series drama good like yeah. full stop not like for star wars yeah or for good. disney well it's and, like it's because you know, like it is a very good show and
3: very good and i didn't make it through Obi- obi-wan yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like i got about i got two i didn't even and try here's the problem Here's the problem with a lot of these is that they, I think from a budget perspective, they kind of sandbag you for the first couple episodes. And so it's really slow and then it's not as expensive. Right. I felt like that was what would happen with Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings or the, um, you know, the R- the Rings, Rings of, power. of Power.
0: Yeah.
3: Last two episodes are pretty good. And now you're yeah, like ready to watch the next exactly. one. So the first one, I, I almost didn't make it. I, yep, I got through the too. first two episodes and then it just sat there. And until... I had friends constantly telling me, well... Everybody said, episode six, it takes off. Yeah, like, you know, like, you got to watch the thing to watch episode six. And and so then I came back to (laughs) it, but it was... But but I think that they, you know, and, and for a while, Disney was doing, like, the, the this bump where it would start at the top and it'd be really action-packed for the first two episodes. And then the middle ones would be really boring. And then it would pop back up. Remember, this is going to be great next time.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, the structure yeah. of Andor is more like one to three as a movie. Um, yeah. Four, five, and six is a movie. Seven, eight, nine, ten is a yeah. movie. And then there's, like, the last two. I don't know what they're going to be because they haven't been out yet. But... that's the that's the kind of pacing and and that's the problem i have with it is i get why they wanted to stretch it out and have it be that way and the episodes are like an hour long each but but really to get the vibe of andor you've got to watch the first three because that's really the first story arc of of the thing and it's it does play like a movie and the writer tony gilroy is a, a film screenwriter and like so i have some questions about like calling this a tv show and having it some of the episodes just literally they just end and you're like oh i guess that's it's over it for this week i think it plays yeah. i think it will play really well when you can binge watch and you can watch all three at once uh you know and then choose whether you want to watch the next three i think it'll play better that way Man.
1: i i i and i hate to be the downer on this but this but the, it also it really does point out like why i have difficulty with Disney and, and, and the, what they're doing with Star Wars in, in a broad sense that like, it's. I keep seeing all of these premises for new Star Wars series and new Marvel series, more more uh, new Star Wars series, and I'm think I'm thinking, yes, but what if you were to create just here is uh, like a fantasy science fiction slash whatever future future uh, Panopticon style spy story? What if you didn't actually tie it into Star Wars? What if you tried to create something new? And I think the example, of course, we're going to tie it into Star Wars. Why would we not like want to expand the property? And it it makes me think about things like, well, what if, if they came up, if the, if the, if someone proposed Blade Runner to Disney, you know that they would turn it into, oh no, they're hunting down rogue, like empire robots. And that would diminish it because now it's not its own thing with its own vibe, its own characters. It it just all says that it annoys me that even these little things where, uh, someone has to show up of course it's going to be baby yoda or so or so th- they they've got a they've got a container that they're shipping this thing in of course it's the ice cream maker from that can that that little uh thing in in empire strikes back because it has to cut, it has to give us the satisfaction of knowing that we've paying off something else as opposed well, to just and- make something perfect in and of itself i'm just, watch
2: andor and get back to me because it it maybe. it, it refrains it really from good almost, I, my understanding is basically that the the people who ran the show didn't really care about Star Wars lore. They just wanted to tell a, set, a story in this particular time, in this particular place. I think yeah. the art department sticks some stuff in the background that you're like, oh, I sort of see that. But really, other than there's a couple legacy characters who are there just to tie it into the, the like, if you're going to do a story about the rise of the Rebellion, there's some characters you need to at least address their existence because they're in Star Wars, but, like, it's not like the others, and I think that that's why even though it is not being watched by as many people, it has gotten such great reviews and I think shows you what Star Wars could be, which is an interesting setting for interesting stories that don't have to play the games of fan service that Andy just said. And you're I right. So, I mean, yeah. T- Tony Gilroy could have made this somewhere else, maybe, but he would have had to get somebody to put up the money and it wouldn't have been as much money as making it a Star Wars. But uh, but I, I, I mean, it's really yeah. got my highest endorsement. It's very, very good. Okay. That's a,
1: that's a very strong endorsement from you. That's a, I, I, when Jason <laughs> Snell Jason Snell he's not like he he likes lots of things <laughs> like, but the things that he likes are like, always very, okay, we we gotta, very good got I got to move you along a little bit. Hold on. Is not a Star Wars podcast? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yet. Did you get
2: one the day. did you get the 128
0: gig uh, uh, Apple TV? There
2: is Yes, yeah, like that's from Apple one.
0: Insider uh, a report. I don't I haven't confirmed myself of a bug it says if you got the 128 gig apple tv you don't have more than 64 gigs um so just i don't i don't know if you've seen this um but I just noted this, and I'll pass along.
2: Also unclear whether that's a display error or an actual right. thing, right? Because sometimes you get those things. It's like that uh, SSD thing where everybody's like, oh, God, the SSDs in Apple Silicon Macs are uh, being written to all this time, and it's going to destroy the SSD. And it turned out it was the tool that they were using to see that wasn't updated and so that wasn't happening. It, if first, you of, I didn't to, really buy the size.
0: Right. If you filled sixty four gigs and then you try to download a game or an app, you'll get a message: this app can't be installed because there yeah. isn't more enough space. I'm gonna, um,
2: gonna guess that's a bug that they're gonna yeah. fix. Uh, otherwise, there'll be another class it's action the, lawsuit. It's won't a, there. It's the first time they've had one hundred twenty eight <laughs> gigs, right? So
0: maybe it's just. Yeah. Uh, they forgot update, to, yeah, they forgot to scenario, do yeah. that they forgot to flip yeah. that switch uh and mm-hmm. please don't cry but uh the mariah mariah carey christmas special has moved from apple tv to cbs uh mm-hmm. sorry what right. am i gonna do what am i gonna
2: do no. Did you say, i was gonna I, it's gonna the worst the thing i've ever was,
0: seen i just want to say oh my gosh it was so bad so horrible <sighs> it was just Oh my gosh!
2: <laughs> See, at le- least watched, on Apple
0: watched, TV, it was it was I, contained.
1: It wasn't in our airways. Go, now it's going on CBS,
0: baby. It's an edge. Oh. I, I, and then, I it'll M- then it'll be on MTV, where it's bound to get a good reception.
3: I I watched I watched a couple of minutes of it, and I skipped forward. I was like, it can't all be this bad. It's and all,
0: all that bad. I can. <laughs> it can't, all, it can't it's be all bad. that bad. It is there.
3: There's so much cheddar, you'd be surprised. I be need. Like,
0: uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. If I were on LSD or Molly, maybe. <laughs> Then you'd go, wow, look at the pretty yeah, yeah. colors. Oh,
3: my gosh.
0: Because I feel like it was made by somebody on LSD. From a technical perspective, it was just like, uh, like the, the bad compo- acting, quality of the composites. Bad acting, story. And, uh, oh, it's horrible. Integration and focal length. And, and please don't thing. get grossed out, but Steve Jobs' old Birkenstocks <laughs> have just been sold at auction for $218,750. There you go. And there's an Such NFT. And there's an NFT. <sighs> Um the so, auction someone, someone's got cologne on their mind they're going <laughs> to I have I actually have Birkenstocks that look just like that mm. Um so maybe I don't know according to uh, Juliet Julian's Auctions Jobs gave the sandals to his house manager Mark Chef Wow thanks Steve you're worth how much uh, but uh, they did not confirm that it was Chef who had listed the lot the sandals were part of his simple side they were his uniform, says Chrisanne, Steve's jotter in an interview in 2018. The great thing about a uniform is you don't have to worry about what to wear in the morning. We don't know who bought it. Uh, you also got the 213 Most Important Men in My Life book or an NFT of <laughs> those. The sandals. Gross. That's okay. exactly what, what Birkenstocks look like after you've worn them for a while. I just want to say... <laughs> I, when oh I, when God. we moved to California in 1971, uh, the house that we moved into the farm that we moved into when I was a kid, I was in high school was previously owned by the U S distributor of Birkenstock. She had brought Birkenstock to America and, uh, we, ha- they apparently moved out in a hurry because in the garage there were like 20,000 Birkenstock catalogs. And at the time, what you would do is you'd get your foot wet. And in the back page of the catalog, you'd step on it, and the wet foot would make an imprint of your foot because oh. the Birkenstocks were made to conform to your foot. And I had great fun at the age of fifteen putting my foot on a lot of oh, those catalogs.
1: <laughs> for, for for a minute there, I thought you were about to say, and so we have tens of thousands of filthy, <laughs> filthy footprints, total strangers across
0: the world. Oh uh, no, everywhere. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, you, my friends, will give us your. Picks of the week. But first, a word from Adagy. Okay, Mac people, you Mac party people. If you are an IT professional and you've got Apple devices in your estate, you need to know about Adagy. Adagy is the only fully cloud-based, multi-tenant Apple MDM-designed for scalability adagy gives you the features the functions the flexibility you need to customize and manage your apple devices the way you want that way you can make sure your apple infrastructure is optimized to support you the way you want and help your team be as productive as possible every day adagy a d d i g y it's actually really cool Uh, it's, it, they've created a solution that's so flexible, so customizable. Any IT team can use it to easily maintain and secure their Apple devices in a managed network. You, I mean, in everything, Macs, iPhones, iPads, they're all secure. They're all supported and you're ready to scale. I love the zero touch deployment. You don't have to go down the hall and get a new member onboarded securely. You can do it on in just five minutes and you can do it online. You get secure authentication with trusted providers so you can eliminate security gaps with tested, authenticated features your users can rely on. You get real-time device monitoring, automated remediation. Before they cause downtime, you can resolve those issues. Custom compliance features to meet your needs. You know your Apple infrastructure is compliant and up-to-date. You get, I love the self-service feature. Your IT team does not have to You know, get face all these endless reset requests. You get 24 7 user access to resources and applications because they just go online and fix it. You get patch management, fix bugs early, minimize downtime by rolling out new updates and patches ASAP. It's completely scalable, completely customizable to match any need, to fit any environment with fast, free, catered migration. I love the catered migration. It's an MDM tool that works as hard as you do at the speed of now. So get started today with Adagy's award-winning support. When you partner with Adagy, you get white glove support from a team of experts who live, eat, and breathe Apple. It's not some begrudging support for Apple. It's all they do. And they care about your success as much as you do. We're not talking a cookie-cutter MDM solution. They are absolutely obsessed, and I mean in a good way, with helping you secure and scale your Apple environment. So, if it sounds good to you, are you ready? Then let's get to work. Guarantee your Apple success with Adagy. Visit addigy.com slash twit. You get a fast, free, easy 14-day trial. com slash twit. Being proactive doesn't have to be a pain in the asterisk. Start start your trial and learn why more than 4,000 companies use Adagy to remotely track, configure, manage, and secure their Apple fleet. Adagy. A-D-D-I-G-Y dot com slash twit. We thank them so much for their support of MacBreak Weekly. And, by the way, you support us by going to that address, com slash twit note slash
2: twit. Jason Snell,
0: do you have a pick for us this week?
2: I do. I wanted to solve a very simple problem, which is... Uh, we have a bunch of local newspapers here in the Bay Area that are owned by the same company, the media News Group I think so the like the San Jose Mercury News and the Marin Independent Journal I as a Marin resident and am a digital subscriber to the Marin IJ to read my local news um, they uh, a lot of my favorite sort of sports coverage is coming from people at the Mercury News and it's like well, I don't want to really pay for them because I'm already paying. And then I realized their stories are, they're using the same CMS. All their stories are exactly the same. When you change the domain to Marin IJ from Mercury News, it (laughs) the stories load. And I'm paying on that site. So I was like, well, can I just automatically redirect all these links I'm seeing on the internet to Mercury News, to Marin IJ, so I don't have to retype it? I don't have to think about it? And the answer is, guess what? There is a Safari plugin for that called Redirect Web for Safari. It's free if you want to do more than one uh, and sync it through iCloud, you pay four bucks. And you can put in regular expressions or a simple wildcard if you don't want to deal with it. And it will automatically redirect every page that matches to what you want it to redirect to. So I'm doing that for the Mercury News to the Marin IJ. I'm doing that for all these links people post to the IMDB mobile site that is a a layout I do not like uh, to (laughs) redirect all those to www.imdb.com, which has a different layout that is nice. Um, And it works great. It's real simple. There are other apps that will do this. Um, If you use Stop the Madness, which is a, a more expensive plugin that does a whole lot more stuff, this is also a feature of Stop the Madness, so you can use that. But I just wanted this super simple thing, which is I know that I want the URLs that look like this to look like this instead. And you can use it for stripping out things or rewriting, uh, rewriting affiliate codes or like whatever you want. You can do it using redirect web for Safari. I love how simple it is. And of course, now that Safari plugins run on iOS as well, this is on my iPad and my Mac and my iPhone. And uh, yeah, really simple and effective.
0: Mac, iPhone and iPad, redirect web for Safari by Manabu Nakazawa. Free within app purchases.
2: Yeah, for there's a there's like a subscription. Don't get that. Uh, use it, and if you like it, pay him four bucks. Yeah, there's like, like why would you pay him two dollars a month or whatever? Yeah. Four bucks. Four, four bucks. bucks. Cheap. Four bucks.
0: Nice. Boy, this must happen a lot. It, it's been enough to write an app for. It, it
2: drives me nuts. Well, I mean, all these sports writers that I follow on Twitter are like, here's yeah. my latest story about about college football or pro football or the Warriors or whatever, and they're all like mercurynews.com. and I'm like, dude. I don't I, like. I'm paying for the other one. Don't send me there, and and like, yeah. Now I never have to think about it again. It makes me happy.
0: Mr. Andy Naco, and pick of the week. <laughs> mine
1: is a really fun app that just came out recently. It is a field guide to worldwide Apple stores. It's called Facades. It was created by Michael Stieber. It's a free app that, now I know that you can go, you can have the Apple store app and it will show you, oh, here's the nearest Apple store. And yes, it does have a genius bar. This is, again, it's a field guide. It's like, hey, I'm in uh, I'm in Boston. What's the local Apple store like? And is it interesting enough that I'd like to go visit it? And it is it is just like there are people who are like train spotters who have, no, who have notes on well, it's got the it's got the four by four by three bogeys that was upgraded through the Manson tri- uh, switch. This is this this app is that it's detailed. Hysterical. and it's- if you look at if you look i've got in front of it right now it's like okay is it a classic a classic upgrade an nsd style or is it a vintage d.2 uh, wow it's a vintage this that, the apple uh, bridgeport village opened on opened on uh june 4th 2005 it moved on november 12th 20, uh, 2022 wow. uh it's got avenues it's got graphic panels it's got a pickup counter and its store number r134 uh, and you can, and and of course, you, and you can bookmark, bookmark stuff. Uh, you can do searches based on features of the store. The only thing that it doesn't have that I really wish it would have, and it is a 1.0 and I'm, I'm sending in like feedback on this is I really, really want the, ha, to have a category of these are the, uh, d- let me show me, show me if there are any flagship stores nearby or just give me a list of all the flagship stores, like the ones where, Oh my God, I was in Chicago and there's like a Chicago flagship store, like where I actually needed to charge up my phone and maybe get access to Wi-Fi anyway, I would have loved to have visited like the Paris Opera House store or uh, 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 again, another these architecturally significant stores where they took a brilliant piece of 100-year-old architecture, refitted it in the most sensitive historical way, and it's just a beautiful place to be for 35 minutes while you charge your phone or just uh, yeah, I need something else to do while I'm waiting for someone to, uh, to meet someone for dinner. Uh, and it's a free app, and I, I just love the amount of specific love that went into this. There's Everybody is the guy or non-gender specific, but you're, you know what I mean? The person who is that interested in this topic that they want to build an app like this. And they are so helpful to the rest of us who are interested but certainly not willing to create an entire app that makes it an easy way to bookmark these places uh, and find out like hidden details, like stores that closed. Like, oh my God, there are 14 stores that closed? Like the, the Apple Willow Road store, uh, open August 3rd, 2001, permanently closed April 12th, 2019 uh all this it's it's so much fun to play through it does and it works for works for the iphone works on the ipad it will also work on the mac so it is uh, it is completely ecumenical Uh, it embraces uh, uh, form factors of all shapes
0: i did want to mention andy and and no slight on you uh the keyboard you recommended last week i ordered it because i thought that sounds really great uh 219 and it arrived dead on arrival it's just nothing Ah. like they don't test it or something so i was a little Mift, i haven't uh, thanks, had, thanks for thanks for letting me know yeah i haven't a, yours was fine you though
1: right it worked out of the box it worked out of the box. Another, actually, another, I will also say that I did complain that my one complaint about it was that it doesn't have backlit keys. Uh, someone on Twitter mentioned that, hey, Logitech makes something that's kind of similar, uh, that, that is backlit and costs like $100 less. Uh, it doesn't look like it has the same sort of build quality. The build construction. on this is
0: great. I mean, the thing is, metal yeah, exactly. and solid, which is why I'm so disappointed. I plugged yeah. it in a bunch of different Macs and nothing. Uh, so, I don't, maybe in transit something fell apart. Um, I'm going to, I'll call them and say, Hey guys, do you test this before you ship ship them out? That's out of curiosity. Uh, did you plug them?
3: Are they all M ones that you plugged it into? Yeah. I, 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 this just happened to me. I tore my, of course, you know, I got this new background. I tore the whole place apart, put it all back together just as a note. I don't know if this is connected. I could not get my Apple. I mean, I just have an Apple keyboard to talk to my uh, studio and I was like, what is going on and i and i plugged into all you know i tried to figure it all out i plugged it i was like Oh, i'm going to build it back the way i had it so i plugged it into a kvm that i have that is bus powered um but i plugged it into the kvm works fine
0: yeah they do <laughs> like say it so, should be plugged into um a usb hub maybe they needs more power yeah like i i had never seen that before i tried like, it on I, my like, m 2 macbook just air in my it. mac studio and it, it but just nothing it, Oh, that's my Mac
3: Studio, so but what I will say is my Mac Studio couldn't see it until now. The weird thing about this is that my Mac Studio is powering the hub <laughs> that is going oh. into the keyboard. But but if I plug the keyboard directly into the Mac Studio, it Actually, will not work. And if I plug it into the KVM, it will work. And I, I did
0: why. plug it into the CalDigit uh, Thunderbolt four uh, thing. Okay, that's powered it's got 100 watts you could charge a laptop mm-hmm. on it and it still didn't work so okay.
1: i have i i have my i have mine plugged directly into usb c on my m1 macbook pro that so yeah. probably bit you may maybe you did get a defective one i just got one. a bad one
0: i'll uh, i'll yeah. call him I, anyway i just wanted to,
1: no nope, it's nope, not thanks, a reflection on you obviously and no 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 happened. and it, and it, and it also gives me a chance. I do wish that I had mentioned in the rundown. The that, oh, by the way, if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you don't necessarily want something that could stop a bullet like a Bible in Ned Flanders pocket, uh, maybe you can save $100 and get a lot of the, hey, I want something better than Apple's Magic Keyboard. Right. Uh, but not necessarily spending $230 for something. Because uh, I've, I've also had extremely good luck with Logitech keyboards. They 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 focus on this. And they uh, it, it is a, an Apple-specific thing with Apple-specific keys on it, and it works extremely well i just i just i just find out even the logitech ones like there was a they had the logitech wave keyboard years ago that i loved so much that i bought like two extras because i did like go through them like every two and a half years there would be like okay now that's fork. i i can no longer i can no longer handle the mental bandwidth the mental load of of writing without an e an r or a j so let's (laughs) let's switch to the next one or spend another 110 dollars for a new keyboard
0: yeah, I'm disappointed because it's such a beautiful tank of a keyboard. I don't yeah. want to.
1: And also, be, you know. and also because they they have they have standard Cherry switches. Like if oh, you do break so a nice. key, you can you can yeah. you can replace a key.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Alex Lindsay. I did. I had the DOS keyboard as well. I loved it, except it too, too clickety. Like I got the clicky oh, I keyboard, like the clicky. and then, and then oh, I was taking I want. notes with clients. I was like, yeah. I need this <laughs> to be quiet. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I was no, like, no, that's a, That's a, I'll, I'll. I'll. I will say that's why.
1: Like on the on the podcasting keyboard, yeah. uh, podcasting desk, I have the the super super quiet right, keyboard, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then I have the yeah. one that I use when I'm actually writing, writing, writing. Yeah, I should yeah, have brought no, it absolutely. in. I could write it here,
3: but I will. Uh, Alex, your pick of the week. Yeah, so this, this, this one won't cost you anything. Um, I, we had this conversation. It came up in office hours and then it came up a couple more places last week. And I was just like, I just need to pick this up. It, I'm recommending Apple notes. Some of you will not be using <laughs> notes. Some of you are using Evernote or you're using something else. And I just, I just really got clear talk. I was talking to someone a couple different times, as I said last week about how it's just like the core of my. Apple Notes is like the core of my existence. Like you know, and, and it's just such a powerful app. And the fact that I, I use of it a interesting lot.
0: Interesting features.
2: That yeah. if you start,
0: for instance, if you type an airline uh, and and flight number, it will give you the flight information. It'll it'll <laughs> yeah. fill in the note with the flight information, and then you can share it with other people. So I got tired of explaining to my mom a bunch of different stuff or telling her where a show was or whatever. So I made a note and shared it with her. So it shows up on her notes. Yeah, this is a well, this I, is a well underappreciated app. I agree with you.
3: I, and I share, I share check. I, if, I, if I'm going shopping, I'll share my checklist of what I'm going yeah. to go buy. You know, at the at, at Whole Foods or whatever. My wife just keeps on adding things to it. Yes, like you know, you know, and so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we it, it it eliminates the text that I don't get when I should have and everything else. I just keep looking <laughs> at the list and working. And through it's it. updated automatically, and, right? Yeah, and and the um and the fact that you can draw, you know, you can draw in there. You know, I wish you could draw over top of the text, but you can draw between it, and and so you can draw little sketches. So I draw little sketches in there of things, and like when I open up a every meeting I have with somebody, I go, I I start off with the the client, the project, and the date, year first. Dang, dang now. But Anyway, so. um and uh, so so date uh, your month day period the time that i had the meeting so i can always go back and find out what was that subject about and then i keep it in there now anytime i need to find something i just search i just you know search for whatever and and for that client or that date or like i remember you know whatever or the project and i can always find them and the thing is is that it's and i have folders of stuff of of ideas like i have like second hour ideas for, for for office hours and i have you know, product, you know, all the videos that someday I'll make on YouTube, <laughs> you know, like all these things that I, <laughs> that I, that I have, but I keep them in these little folders and these little sections of ideas. And it's just such a, um, it's such a powerful application that I think that it's worth digging in. And I know that I'm still only using like five or 10% of the, yeah. of what I had. I had I had one, I had to change of the it was a weird light bulb and I just took a picture of it and put it in notes. And then it's, I just looked down, I, I can just select the text in the picture. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm easily amazed, but I was like, it's a circular object. And I took a picture. I just took, I just put my, my, my hand up there and took a picture of it without even looking, brought it back down and selected the text, you know, and, and, um, but I had it in notes for some other reason. But the point is, is there's so much power in that, um, in that app. And the fact that it sits on all my devices, it's also this thing, like I keep, I keep all kinds of like links that I need to get into this show. Like, so it's one of my saved links at the top is the old link until we get the new one working um but i always i don't have to go find it like where did i put that or whatever and i have all kinds of stuff like that that it just makes it easy for me to get to the places that i need to get to regularly and it works on what i know is that if i get a new device or if i have any device i just open it up and there's my links you know and there's my there's the stuff that i have and i don't have to figure it out i don't really need it to be cross-platform so it works great for me anyway it's just a it's a really great app, and, and I think that if you haven't used it or if you don't use it, if you're not using it like 10 times a day, you should take it. On. I completely <laughs> like, agree with you. It's like the the hidden uh, beauty of... Uh, I might use it 10 times an hour. Like it yeah. just, just open all the time for it's all my stuff. It's always there.
0: This, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember how I got the uh, flight information thing Ooh. to show up. I think there might be some trick. Just open notes, enter your flight number, and tap on done. Okay, let me try that here. That's the other thing. I'm on I'm on Linux, but I can uh, I can do this. Uh, where's the done button? I don't see a done button. It's Up in the upper right. Uh, yeah. See, maybe because I'm on the I'm on the web now, so maybe that's why I don't I don't have the same thing. Anyway, I've I've have done it before. And it works. You get the uh, you get the flights. It's cool. Flight information up to date. Um,
3: yeah. If you, if you, by the way, if you, if you hit done, um, I just made one up. I just said flight UA eleven twenty, and yeah. and then I tap on it, and it says preview flight, and um, yeah. and so I, uh, I guess, and that happens to be Chicago to yeah, one ask. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's Chicago to somewhere Mexico. Yeah, turns out turns out that eleven twenty goes to Mexico, and it takes about uh, five hours and five minutes.
0: There you go. Isn't that cool? There you go. So if you keep notes on like your flights, you can put that into Apple Notes, and it'll give you the up to date information about the flight.
3: Well, when I, by the way, one of the things I do do is when I when I'm leaving, I cut and paste everything into notes because I don't know what I'm going to get to or where right. I'm going to be. So I have my I you have my have flight it. numbers, my yeah. hotel information. I have so I have one thing that has all one folder usually, but, but, or one doc that'll have all the things I need for that trip, um, are all in one place so that I don't, you know, so I just can go to that thing and I usually pin it to keep it at the top for that trip. And then I, unpin it.
0: I bet you Glenn Fleischman's written a take control of notes. <laughs> 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 Let me just check real quickly. I wouldn't be There's surprised. A lot of averages states that actually <laughs> Josh centers has, but there is a take control uh, book the the other take control superstar of course is there is yeah yep. yeah awesome so if you want to know more six bucks all the secrets baby all the secrets <laughs> uh that's it for the show apple uh expert raconteur media guy alex Lindsay is at officehours.global what you doing these days on office hours you know we had a great day today. We had um folks that actually work on uh, a lot of the
3: electric election graphics oh, neat. last week. So you know all the AR graphics that spin out and so um there were some folks from Ross and some folks from BizRT, and and they were they were showing us examples and talking about what was hard about it and what was easy and so um it's a uh, it was a good it was a good day. <laughs> you know, Very so, nice. So, yeah, so it's that it's and it's, it's something different, you know, every every single day. Um it's it's quite a thing.
0: Office so, hours dot global always some good stuff uh going on in the office hours and that Dante like tomorrow you, Dante tomorrow baby we keep on talking about Dante because you know there's Dante. lots to say and Dante's so cool
3: yeah and so cool. our thousandth episode is coming up in December um it's uh oh, you've so, already
0: surpassed us uh, what I don't know what where where's where, twitch just uh just did 901 <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But the tech guy, week. no. But the tech guy, because we do two a week, is at nineteen forty-five. So we turns just, out if you do seven a week, it it, you it can really catch adds up. up, faster. up. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. And of course, if you want to hire Alex, zero nine zero dot media. Andy, when are you going to be on a uh, WGBH next? in The Boston Public Library. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm on a little bit early because of the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm on Monday at 12:30. Uh, I'm not going to be at the BPL because we're all going to be in our homes. Uh, go to WGBHnews.org to stream it live or later, or go to the WGBH News YouTube channel uh, to watch streaming in pretty much almost exactly the same lighting and setup as you see right now.
0: <laughs> you go. I know that guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we had we had a great talk last week about uh, generative AI. By the way, at the BPL, and that's oh, nice. that's uh, that's already on the on the archive so that's that's worth checking
0: out uh, and of course jason snell six colors.com his new downstream podcast is all about disney if you're interested uh three small bears in an overcoat the subject of the rebound
2: yeah that's dan morin dan morin does a podcast too he posts his podcast too i'm not on the rebound that's okay. a funny podcast though
0: i love the name three yeah. small bears in a, or three raccoons in an overcoat
1: Either yeah, way, would that be, so uh, would if, that be noted no, noted science fiction author, Dan Warren? Oh, yeah. Noted
2: science fiction author Dan oh, Warren yeah. and my co author on sixcolors.com, of course. Yes. And again, I just I just want to specify one last time before we go. Go Bears beat Stanford. <laughs> okay. That's all. Do you want your little guy to do a little <laughs> dance? I mean I could sing the song if oh, you want. No, maybe not. <laughs> and we're up with the blue and gold, down with the red. <laughs> California's out for a victory. When is the uh, axe handover? Is it this uh, Saturday? Saturday, yeah. It's a college football game nobody else cares about, <laughs> right? Where two mediocre to bad teams square off the for a trophy more than a hundred years game. old game. If I keep talking, I'm going to start sounding like Keith Jackson and <laughs> talk the majesty of college football. And so I should probably all, give up. All it. we have <laughs> is our
1: is our institutional hatred for each other. Let us have That's this.
2: Not, let, <laughs> yes, to, yes, yes. To the last breath, I grapple with these Stanford. <laughs> My my trainer
0: is a cow. Cows, so I will be I hearing about it. You. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jason, Alex, Andy. Great real. to have you. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Our show today, of course, as always, not only brought to you by our fine sponsors, but by our Club Twit members. Club Twit members get ad free versions of all the shows, access to the Discord, and of course, the Twit Plus feed with shows we don't put out in public, like Micah Sargent's Hands On Mac. There's also, uh, you know, a side benefit to to being a member of club to you're financing subsidizing shows that that can't get advertising they're too new like hands on mac hands on windows on Tidal linux show you also subsidize the uh forums at twit.community and our mastodon instance and we need the subsidy now because it's growing like topsy at twit.social uh i'm trying to figure out a way to give a uh, club members a special uh, some sort of special icon a verified check if you will on our <laughs> on our twit.social but you know in your heart you've helped twit.tv slash club twit merely uh, seven bucks uh, a month and it makes a huge difference to us discord members have a blue check on discord or oh we can at you yeah okay i'll show you a little trick i think there is a v- verified uh I can, we have some custom icons. There probably is a way to do that. So add your, add your blue check. Actually, you know what? I didn't put it there because I didn't want anybody to do it. That's what, I, <laughs> that's, that's what I did. Uh, this, there is no blue check on our Mastodon, and that's something we're very proud of. Uh, <laughs> We do this show every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1900 UTC. If you want to tune in and watch live, it's at live.twit.tv. Chat live with us at irc.twit.tv or in the Club Twit Discord, where there is always a lot of fun going on. Ooh, that's, uh, what is that? That's wild. That is wild. Um, uh, that's a Discord <laughs> logo, right? On And it's plasma pulsing or something. Uh, after the fact, on-demand versions of the show at the website, twit.tv slash mbw. There's a YouTube channel dedicated to MacBreak Weekly, for all of our shows, actually. And uh you can always subscribe in your favorite podcast player. And if you do that, and you can leave us a review, give us five stars. <gasps> There's the raccoon. Kitty! Three of those in a coat, and you got a guy. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Alex. Thank you all for joining us. Now get back to work, because break time is over. Bye-bye. Hey folks, I'm Ant Pruitt. And what do
3: you get your favorite tech geek that has everything? A Club Twit gift subscription, of course. Twit podcasts keep them informed and entertained with the most relevant tech news podcasts available. With the Club Twit subscription, they get access to all of our podcasts ad-free. They also get access to our members-only Discord, access to exclusive outtakes behind the scenes and special content such as AMAs which I just love hosting plus exclusive shows such as Hands on Mac Hands on Windows and the Untitled Linux Show purchase your Geeks gift at twit.tv slash club twit and it will thank you every day